Blog Talk Radio. Halloween came early for the Miami Hurricanes in the form of a horrendous 27-14 loss at Boston College, which has dropped the Canes all but out of the Coastal Division race unless Virginia loses two games down the stretch. It's really staggering what's happened to this team this year, from the horrendous showing against LSU and Dallas to the back-to-back losses now at Virginia and Boston College that have sent the Canes nation into absolute implosion. Mark Rick might be the only one not hitting the panic button, which is probably a good thing. He remains resolute that he can get his team back on track by correcting execution issues, which have totally derailed the offense before you even begin an argument over whether his play calling is any good or not. Regardless, the product on the field for Miami has not been good this year. Everyone has different places to point blame, and there are plenty of them. But at the end of the day, it lands on Rick because he's the head coach responsible for it all. We're going to talk about all of that and more tonight as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. I welcome you once again to Kane Sport Live, presented this season by Sicilian Oven, with six restaurants throughout South Florida. At Sicilian Oven, you'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. More than 100 open phone lines. You know the drill. You call in. You hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue to come on the show We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. We once again ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. We'll address them tonight as we move forward. All right, so the offense was bad, again, against Boston College. So bad that the defense has gotten a total pass for its own horrendous outing. BC put together drives of 88, 77, and 79 yards on its first three possessions to take a 10-point lead on the Hurricanes. The Eagles never looked back. And there was a pattern there that I saw as I watched college football over the weekend. Coaches all over America are trying to figure out how to win on the road. And the one thing that I think is, is a constant is If the home team is allowed to come out with all guns blazing like Boston College did on Friday night and get a head of steam going and get out in front, it typically does not bode very well for the visiting team, whether they're ranked 1, 5, 8, 9, 20, 30, 40, whatever. makes no difference. I think you had 11 top 25 teams lose, most of them on the road last weekend. So today was quite a day at a Green Tree practice field. The lethargic feeling amongst the players was evident at the start and then the end of practice, where the bulk of conversation dealt with 
players stepping up as leaders and rallying their teammates. Nobody seemed real pleased with the practice session. So let's start out by listening to Mark Richt discuss the firestorm over his play calling and the overall offensive performance. Well, I respond to it in that the uh, there's nothing wrong with the plays being called, quite frankly. The, what's wrong is we haven't executed well enough. I mean, if anybody got in the room with us and saw what we were doing and how we were doing it and why we were doing it, if they knew football, they'd know that, you know, we got to do a better job of executing what we call, quite frankly. And that's, again, I've been saying that's coaching all along, too. That's part of it. Um, you know, there are sometimes a certain play would be better than another play at a certain time. But, you know, the bottom line is uh, if we looked at the tape and said these plays got no chance of success, then I would agree. But that's not the case. The plays have, have you know, chance for success if everybody does what they're supposed to do. And the, the tough thing about offensive football is, you know, you know re most every time 11 out of 11 got to do it right. You know, there could be times when uh, maybe a guy over here on the backside has a missed assignment or something. It doesn't affect it. But for the, for the most part, everybody's got to do their job. And even some of the successful plays, you know, if a ball's thrown here instead of here, maybe a guy, you know, has the ability to keep running and uh, not slow down and maybe scores a touchdown. Or maybe if we, you know, get a, a lineman up on a backer a little bit better, a quarterback draw scores a touchdown instead of gets tackled on the two or three. You know, there's there's just a lot of little things that um, aren't getting done well enough. And uh, so, you know, if there comes a time when, you know, everybody does it right and we got we got problems then, then I'll then I'll agree with that statement. Well, what happens is, you know, every time you change a if you change a guy, then that guy has a learning curve too. Um, I mean. We are playing a lot more younger guys than we expected to. You know, we've had some injury issues. We've had some things like that that, uh, you know, caused us to play, you know, certain guys. And, and you know, obviously younger guys have a more trouble uh, being consistent than a veteran. That's just the way it is. And I'm not blaming the freshmen by any means. But, but the bottom line is if you start, you know, you make a change, then all of a sudden this guy is going to go through his – issues you know so the thing to do is for everybody to to stick together everybody to keep working hard everybody to keep perfecting what they do and take care of their job and and we'll be fine so that that's the answer in my opinion everybody has an assignment and if everybody handles their assignment you got to know what to do you got to know how to do it and you got to do it with some energy you got to do it with some physicality and uh, when we do those things on a consistent basis, we'll, we'll do a lot better than we're doing right now. Well, what we do, well, here's what happens is, if we run a play and it's not executed properly, we, we, we call out reload, reload me, let's do it again. Okay, so we do it again. Okay, we get it right, we go to the next play. If the next play is not good, we do it again. You know, so we have our, our one unit taking X amount of reps. And if they get through their rack of five plays or whatever it is, then usually there's time enough for the number two unit to get three or four reps, whatever it is we, do, we choose uh, for them to get. So if, the, if we execute well, the twos get more reps. If the ones don't execute too well, the ones might, it might take them seven times to get four plays right. Well, then there's not a whole lot for the twos to get a lot of reps. 
then we go right back to the ones again. You know, they got so the the key is, I mean, we're going to make the corrections as we go. We don't just say, oh, too bad and forget about it. I mean, when it's not done properly, we re, we do it again with the one unit. The two units, if they make a mistake, we got to move forward because we can't stop the practice and and just run four plays. You know, so the bottom line is. Uh, you know, we're making the corrections every single day, every single practice. And, uh, you know, the better the offense executes with the one unit, the more, the more plays that the number twos get during practice. And it, and it get, but quite frankly, gives the number one unit a little bit of a blow, you know. If you, if you get your rack of five in a row and you do a good job, the, the twos are in there for three plays and you get, a, you get a little bit of a rest, you know. If you don't, you don't get much rest. If there's a play we don't like, you'll certainly throw it out. But it's just because one guy makes a mistake on a play doesn't mean the play's bad. That's that's the whole point we're trying to trying to make. Okay, it's it's not that the play's bad. It's the execution of the play is not bad. So if everybody doesn't do it right, we re-rack it and we go do it again until we get it right. When you get it right, hey, it works. The bottom line is we're not scoring enough points right now. Okay, so every play is not a failure. Okay, everybody might feel that way, but it's not. A lot, of them are, a lot of them have done extremely well. Just keep, you keep consistent. You keep banging away. You keep giving the same message. You keep, you keep working. You don't all of a sudden change everything and then everybody, then everybody gets confused, you know. There's a standard of how we want things to get done. We just keep pushing toward that standard. And when they figure it out, you know, more guys on a consistent basis, it'll, be, it'll get better. I don't know how y'all are handling it, but I know the team's together and unified and the staff is. But, uh, you know, everybody else seems to be in, in – a tizzy, but we're we're pretty solid, believing in ourselves and believing in what we do, and our guys are uh, you know pushing towards you know the next game and the next victory. All right, a lot to chew on there. I mean, a lot. Let's be honest, and I'm sure that we'll be doing that here over the next three hours. And if that wasn't enough, running backs coach and offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, who always wears his emotions on his sleeve, added this. Uh, I mean, I don't really care about that. People complain about everything, uh, especially when things aren't going well. If we call the same players and we execute and we had 35 points a game, nobody would say a word about stuff we're calling. So uh, the biggest thing about what we do from play call standpoint, I think, is uh, our guys executing it. And like I said last week, it may be an issue of we're playing the wrong guys or playing too many guys. And if we get to the point we we actually line up and execute our offense and we get beat, then we can talk about taking the play calls. You know, I think we can – you look around the country, you see guys do a bunch of different stuff. Uh, most of what we do is kind of very comparable to other people. Uh, but we believe in what we do. It's worked before in the past. It's worked for us here at Miami already this season. And if we do a good job of coaching our guys, the next people will be fine. But I told the offense after we got done with the practice today, you know, there, there should be two groups of guys on this team. There should be the small group of guys that lead and the rest that follow. And right now we have too many third-party guys who are not leaders and not following. And we got to either get rid of those guys and get them on board to help this whole team. Thomas, Thomas if you're not a leader and you're not a follower, what are you? Uh, you're cancer, what you are. What you're cancer. So it's not a good thing. But that third category is not a good thing. Do you have many of those guys? Many of them. One is, one is enough. Okay. So you have cancer some. spreads. Yeah. Cancer in the body spreads. It takes over everything. So yeah. one is enough. You know? I'm not trying to call it individual guys. No, I but know. Again, but just, you know, there's, there's only two categories you fit in. You're part of the guys who are leading this team, or you got a part of the guys that are following this team and help this team begin. There's no room for anybody else. All right, so there's so much to talk about. As always, we ask the posters at canesport.com to provide questions and topics for tonight's show. I'll, there's a lot of them, and I'm going to phase them in 
as we go forward. But let's get it right out to your phone calls. Again, the number, 563-999-3633, Let's try to make these calls real tight to the point and more sophisticated than just Mark Rick needs to be fired or Mark Rick needs to hire an offensive coordinator. Let's try to get into some substance tonight. And let's begin into the 770 we go. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. Hello? Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's you. Again. See, I got to get in early. I'm going to come. All right. What's, I can't up? Be What's up, Steve? How you been, be man? Su- I'm good. How was your week? Eh, not so great. I'm going mean... to be I'm gonna be in Miami this weekend. And oh, good. So I, I, I hope there's a bar where I can catch up with you guys before the game. But I'm not going to be that sophisticated because I, I'm not. I, I didn't go to college or anything like that. So I'm not a sophisticated guy. I did graduate from Southridge, and I like to stick right to the meat and potatoes of this thing. All that I just heard out of that guy, Thomas Brown, and Mark Rick, they're the cancers to me. You know, point blank. This offense has been sucked since have sucked since he got here, and it haven't worked that crap about these plays and execution. That's why he can't put the backup in because, obviously, the first string ain't executing it right, and, and the number twos don't get a chance to practice at all. If, if That's what it looked like in the game. So this sophistication stuff about we need a – don't talk about offensive coordinator, don't talk about Rick. Man, look here, Gary. This no, I'm just saying, let's, let's be more so sophisticated far, than that. That's uh, all I'm well, saying. All right, let, uh, uh, sophist- you can't be sophisticated when you're losing. Why duck the problem? You want me to you want me to side right. the problem. And Mark, Rick, about, needs, you Mark to- Rick needs an offensive coordinator, and the play calling sucks. Okay, we've established that. Okay, move forward from all there. Right. So, so, let's, so when we move forward from there, I, I, I'm just telling you what I want. As a King fan, I'm done with this guy. That, that's me as a, as a King fan. I'm not going to sit around here and wait and keep waiting and keep waiting like I did. Well, I never waited on Al Golden after the second year. I knew he was, I knew he was a dud. After so much of Randy Shannon, I knew he was a dud. And here we go again with this program over and over again, just, just doing crazy stuff. We, we, we went on a three-game losing streak, and we extend the contract of this guy. And, and I think they only extended it because they knew this was going to come and they knew the fans was going to be in the rage and they're going to be like, oh, well, we extended this contract. There's nothing no. we can do. We're in a bind. And here no, we that's go. definitely not what happened, we, we, Steve. We, we, All right, Steve. Well, wait, time out. That's definitely – let me just stress. Let me reset you for a second, okay, because you're going off. Okay, that's not what happened. Okay, now, you're done with him. We get that. He's got five years left on that contract. He's not getting fired anytime soon, nor should he get fired. You know, yes, he should. That's, Quit that, saying that. That, that shouldn't be on the table at, coaching, at this point, Gary, at this point in time. So, Gary, so where on. does he go from here, him. Steve? Gary, Steve, he's listen, lost you. Listen, You're not, you've had it with him, but where does he go well, from well, here? Well, hold on, hold give on. Us, All give right, us some where do we go? Come on. Let, I'm going to tell you where do he go. He's, he's supposed to be a Christian man, right? He's one of us, right? He's one of us, right? He's a Miami. He loves the school, what you guys say he really loves us. If he really cares, he would turn in his freaking resignation and say, I'm not cut out to do what you fans want. And, 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 don't, and don't rob us like Al Golden did and want $3 million. Because at the end of this, we're going to be 
in the same shape we are worse. I think we're going to be worse than it was without Golden because it's so much turmoil going on right now. And and what dang, what I was about to say, damn, I, I forgot. But the the so you, um, he should just quit. He should just quit. Give up. He should resign. What would you hold that standard to every coach in the country that's got three losses right now? Gary, this is full retardation. Remember that post I put up? You, you know, this is this is full. Uh, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, he's been doing this for three years and haven't worked yet, Gary. So what make us think it's going to work next week? Okay, you might beat Duke. Then what you, you, What if you lose? We, we, you think we're going to run the table? All right, let's give him the benefit of doubt for a minute, okay? And, I, and I'm not defending him by any stretch. I, I think this has been a horrendous year. I think he screwed up after the Toledo game when he created this whole quarterback mess, and you notice the team's been on a free fall ever since he did that. They, they played a solid game at Toledo, okay? Nobody liked what we saw in, in Dallas. It sucked, okay? But they, they came home, they beat Savannah, and then they, they went to Toledo. And I know it's Toledo and it's not, you know, Penn State, but that's who was on the schedule. They went on the road and played a solid game, okay? And, and everybody was feeling good about, the, about things after the Toledo game, and he screwed around with this quarterback thing, and you notice the team's been on a free fall ever since, and now it's getting worse every week, okay? So, you know, that, that, one that, that's one thing without question. But he's not quitting, Steve, okay? He, I got he, he's got to figure out. So let's give, him the, let's give him the benefit of doubt for one second. He, they were in this boat right. two years ago, right? Or Yeah, 2016, uh-huh. okay? They lost four in a row in the middle of the season. Okay, and, and and everyone was yelling and screaming just like now. It was hard. It was horrible. You remember the Virginia Tech game on the road when Brad Kaya got sacked eight times? Uh-huh. If you were going to uh-huh. fire an offensive line coach, that was the time to fire an offensive line coach. Eight sacks. Okay, so there were plenty of problems. Uh, Steve, look, look, Gary. they they went on a fifteen game winning streak after that. Okay, against Bond. So. And so I'm not lost. saying how many of those games we could have Well, lost. you can only play who you play. You would call Virginia yeah. and but Boston Gary, College bums. I got a question, Gary. You, you, Aren't you, Virginia and Boston College bums? Have you rewatched? Have you Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a week. minute. Wait. Time out. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm in waiting. Your, in your mind, Virginia and Boston College, they're bums, right? Yeah, we should have beat them. Okay, thank you. I don't know we how much of a bum The Miami Hurricanes should be just about everybody, right? They should be just about everybody. Well, okay. well at the beginning of they the season, hold on. Straight. We was ranked, hold on, hold on. We was ranked number eight, right, at the beginning of the season? All, yeah. All Mark Rick Pierce, all Mark Rick Pierce saw something that we had, and everybody was saying we had the talent. Everybody from ESPN, all the magazines I read, Miami got the talent. Now, all of a sudden, Mark Rick can't win with the talent. Now we're still. Now we don't have talent. Now who am I to believe? All the people. Nobody's saying this team doesn't have talent. Who, I haven't heard one person yeah, uh, say they don't uh, have talent. Let, 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 who said this team doesn't have up. talent? Well, well. He's got right, a lot uh, of talent. talent can't, the talent. The but talent. A lot of talent. Is immature. Let, well, if the talent is immature and they can't or whatever it's going, whatever. Mark they're having a lot of problems. There. It ain't, okay. it ain't they're having a lot like of busts. A lot of them on, are on the offensive line, but it's not just the offensive line and it's not just the quarterback. I got something I want to get back to because I got to get off. I know there's a lot of people chopping at the bits to get get to you. 
at the beginning of the year when Willie Tiger lost, you asked me about this three games shit, Mark Rick get fired. You said Willie Tiger was a dumpster fire at Florida State in his first year after his first game. Okay, how many losses now, do they have Rick now? has been here. They got the same amount, but this is his first year. He's only been coaching a head coach how many years? Mark Rick has been doing this thing 18 years, and you expect him to get better? He should be way ahead of no. Willie Taggart. Listen, I, I, I think, I think I'm this year saying. has been a disaster, Steve. I blame him for most of it, and you and I are not in disagreement on that subject. You know, what I'm talking about is reality. He's not, he, he's not going to give up. He's not, resign. he's not resigning. He's not getting fired. So what I'm saying is turn the focus to do, do what can he do. Do you agree with me? But with do, what? I'm, okay. I'm not talking about what he's going to do. I'm not talking about what he's going to do. I'm talking about what he should do. Do you agree? Am I wrong for feeling the way I should after watching this stuff for three years, this absolute humiliation of the fans who go out, who travel to LSU? I was in the cold at Clemson, freezing. For that team to get off the bus and do that, this is embarrassing. Everybody okay, but, but, embarrassing but let's, but let's come back to the this present. We, we, we all feel the same way. Steve. Retarded. Steve. He's retarded. Steve. Full retarded Steve. and I'm out. Hey, I'll all see right. you this weekend. Get somebody else on the line. I'm gone. All right, Steve. Thanks, Bye. man. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Yes, sir. Wow. Man, he is an angry guy. But, you know – Mark Rick's not going to quit, he's not giving up, and he's not getting fired. So what I'm trying to say is let's refocus ourselves on the present and reality, okay? What can he do here over the the next five days and then the next four weeks to get this season to at least a respectable point? I mean, you know, running the table seems like a pipe dream right now, no argument, but isn't that the goal? And if you do that, you're nine and you're nine and three, and you're probably going to the bowl game in Orlando, okay? Which you know, if you're gonna have a consolation prize, there's worse consolation prizes than that. So, my question is, what do they need to do to to accomplish that? That's all they can accomplish at this point. Beat Duke this weekend. Go on the road. Prove you can put a good game together on the road. Don't sit back in Atlanta and wait for Georgia Tech to take the game to you. You got to go on the road, and you got to seize it by the cojones. You know that that Boston College offensive coordinator on Friday night. Oh my God, he looked like the best offensive coordinator in the history of football because he came out of the gate and he just seized control of that game with his tempo, with his play calls, with his innovation, with with the different looks that he was throwing at the Miami defense, the formations that that, that had. Miami back on their heels, totally rattled. And Miami, they, they, they never recovered. Before they knew it, they had given up three 80-yard drives. I mean, Boston College had 300 yards offense in the first half. And that was because of the way that offensive coordinator came out and seized the moment. Okay, that's what Mark Rick needs to do. Okay, you know, let's talk about, you know, what can he do differently? They're, they're not rewriting the playbook, Okay. And I'll be honest with you, I watched a lot of football this weekend. They're, for the most part, they're running the same plays as everybody else. They're just, they, they, I mean, they're not, the coaches aren't wrong that they're not executing them. Well, they're not. I mean, at Virginia, they had 40 mental busts out of 80 plays or something. I mean, that's ridiculous. 
and it didn't look much better at Boston College. So there's a lot of problems right now with this team. But I want tonight to see us focus rather than just yelling and screaming and, you know, he's retarded, he sucks, this, blah, blah, blah. What can he do differently? And I'm going to throw the first thing out. And it doesn't necessarily apply to this weekend because they're at home. But they got two road games coming up. If they get through this weekend and beat Duke, they got two road games coming up. You got to come out there, out of the gate, whether it's some wrinkles, whether it's a trick play or two, you know, whether it's taking shots down the field. You got to do something to seize the game, okay, and not let the, the other team grab it the way they did these last two weeks. And um, we talk more about that. But anyway, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Oh. Hey, how's it going, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? It's Omar. What's up, Omar? How you doing this week? Oh, man. It's it's a terrible week, man. I'm sick. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. With the smart Rick, uh, I'm 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 in limbo. I'm in limbo. I I do understand what he's saying about the execution of the players, but I I'm what's going on with Nicole's? Like, is he going? Is is he in a doghouse or something? Cause why he never snatched him? I mean, I, I think he's in a little bit of a doghouse, but I think it, more than that, it, it's it's like he, he doesn't feel he can put him out there and trust that he trust him. I mean, it's so obvious, and until he feels like he can trust him, play after play after play, he's going to be yeah. hesitant to throw him out there and create this this whole public um, look that Nikosi Perry is the future of the Miami Hurricane football program. Because all that does is keep you from recruiting other guys, number one. And I'm a firm believer that they need to go out and get a graduate transfer quarterback this year. And I'd be doing everything I can do to recruit Kelly Bryant right now and and possibly Jalen Hurts in a few weeks. I mean, I would be all over that sweepstakes. If, if I were running this yeah, program, definitely. because they definitely. need a bridge, man. They, they need, they can't go yeah, through another year yeah, like this, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, right. but, but, but that's one thing. So, you know, they, they're having trouble recruiting quarterbacks because they've got these two kids, Perry and Williams, and everybody just assumes that there's no opportunity at Miami and they can't get a better quarterback right now to come into the program. And, you know, we don't know anything on Jaron Williams yet, whether he's good enough. And the jury's out on the cozy, you know. I mean, everyone's just assuming Mark Rick's a, a dimwit who doesn't know what the heck he's doing. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident he's not trying to lose football games, okay? And, you know, I saw that Florida State game for what it was. It was a nightmare, okay? Florida State's a bad yeah. football team, and they almost came into Hard Rock Stadium yet again and won that game because they weren't good yeah. enough on offense. The first quarter half, it looked like it was they 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 was at home. That's how they the game went. Like Florida State just took over the first half, and I'm like, what what is going on? Like these boys really getting played. But it's, did you see yeah, what Clemson did to them this weekend in in Tallahassee? 
Oh my Did you God! See Clemson? I love, yeah. I love, I loved every minute of it. it that, that's uh, the silver lining to this weekend because they they talked about us losing, and then turned around and yeah, took that big boy L. But I'm just saying that that's a, that was a home <laughs> game. That was a home that was a home game. Okay, I think you kind of see what kind of team Florida State has this year. It's not real yeah, good. Yeah, it's not real good. Yeah, and they came into Hard Rock Stadium and and really should have won that game. I mean. It took two, a couple miracles by the defense. Credit to the defense for pulling that off. Uh, that yeah, created those, yeah, you know, very short, short fields and scoring drives. And then, by a, a matter of inches, they had that touchdown taken off the board. I mean, Miami had got a lot of good luck in that game, which is fine. But Mark Rick has to go back after that, and he's watching all eighty plays. He's not watching the pass to wide open Brevin Jordan. Beautiful pass, great yeah. play by Nico. Great play by Nicosi. Um, he's not just looking at the the pass yeah. down the middle yeah. to Jeff Thomas. Well, he's looking at everything. And, and quite yeah, honestly, yeah. that play turned out great, but it was into triple coverage. Okay, I mean, there were three defenders yeah. surrounding Jeff Thomas. Somehow Jeff Thomas made that play on the ball. Kudos to Jeff. Yeah. Great, great job. It worked out okay. Yeah, he- Mark Rick's yeah, evaluating the entire body of work, and he almost pulled Nicosi in that game because of how bad it was going, and he ended up sticking with it. And you saw how quick he pulled him in Virginia. Now, what makes people yeah. think that he's doing this because he's trying to do horrible things for his football team because he wants to lose to Virginia and Boston College and have the entire fan base turn on him and want to run him out of town, run his son out of town and everything else? Anybody that thinks that that's what his objective is, is out of their minds, man. It's like yeah, I don't course. understand what I'm seeing. I really don't. Yeah, this man, he want to win. He want to win, but it's it's pride also and principles involved. And he, he how he feel he'll play with the star player that's passionate and and, and all there versus the talent player that's out of control. And that's what it boiled down to with him. And and, and, and he's not what, he's not ready I, to turn the keys of the franchise over to a kid that he doesn't feel he could put out there and trust. Now, let me throw this out here real quick right now. This is a good time to do this. I talked to some, what I consider football. The opinion I got on people familiar with Nikozi Perry who have seen the body of work and everything, the opinion I got was that Nikozi Perry as a pure quarterback can be made to work, but it, it would take having an offensive coordinator that would build a system for him Around what he oh. what he can accomplish, what he, what he do. Yes, that was the opinion I got. That's not my opinion. I'm you know I don't have really have an opinion. But I I reached out to some really knowledgeable football people. That's the opinion I got universally was that you could take a kid like that, but you got to build an offense for him. Okay, that's not what's going on here. Okay, yeah. they've got the Miami, they've got the Miami offense that they worked on. Through spring and fall into the season, that's what they're running. They're not changing the whole team for Nicosi, and I don't think Mark Rick's ready to do that because you know he doesn't know yet what Jaron Williams can do. And in 2020, they got they. It looks like they're. I mean, almost definitely going to have a kid by the name of Max Johnson come into the program, uh-huh. who a lot of people think is going to be an elite quarterback. So, you know, Mark Rick yeah. is managing the whole thing. Okay, and. Uh-huh. He, he screwed it up. I, he I, did screw it up. Yeah. He never should have created the situation. 
Yeah, yeah. And but he's had to see what he do. Everybody wanted to see what he do in the fire. You know, because it's like, what do we, what did, what do we have? And you kind of see it play out now, filter out. And now, you know what? I, and I heard some about Nicole's. He did some on social media, like showing flashing money or something like that. And I think that's part of the reason why he's in the doghouse. But yeah, but he was—he hasn't been suspended or anything. I mean, if he—if he was suspended, they would have said he's suspended. I mean, he's been preparing to play. You know, he's—he's he's an active yeah. member of the team. Yeah, I, but I think I think the boy Williams, we might have some in him. I—I I, I like from what I've seen, what I've—you know—the scrimmages. His—it's like a, pro, a pocket presence. He—he's not rattled, and you know, for for him to come in, how he came. And already got the size, the weight, and everything, and he's not rattled like that. He may be, he may be a, a, a gym next year. I think so, but we won't find out because this year, because they, they ain't gonna go that far. But um, I'm gonna let you go. Well, ahead it might. You still have several games here. You still have several games now. You know, a, number one initiative has to be to win out and get to a good ball game. That's you know that's that's looking out for the whole the whole team and all the kids and they all want to go to a good bowl game okay so it, you know that's yeah. number one if that ever gets off the table then you could go on to the next case but uh, you know right now they're you know they're trying to just do the best yeah. they can I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you honestly one thing I, I see that we I don't like that Mark Rich don't do with his offense is misdirection misdirection you got fast guys. Why are these guys not going in motion, rocket motion, making the defense play both sides? Be honest. It's like every play is the it's the running back, um, you know, uh, fake and either pass or they, he give it to the running back. And it's like, man, I need it. It just need to be a little bit more creative. But also, last game, it was all it was the players that messed up. It was Rosier missing. Thomas wide open in the end zone. Oh my God, that play killed me. I almost want to turn the TV off when that happened, man. I'm like, both of these, he almost, he, he fell trying to come back for the ball. It was like, man, it was like at that moment, I say, man, I don't care. Just put, I know Nicole could make that throw. He would have made that throw. Uh, and it's like, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. But, yeah. Rosier just give you that leadership and give you all the some of the tangibles, but it's just like man, we it's like you got two quarterbacks, you got <laughs> you really you got a lot of average yeah. right now. Let's be honest, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of average. Yeah. yeah, but I'm gonna let you go ahead and go to someone else, man. Hopefully nobody else passing out, man. But I understand they people passionate about it, but it's all so deeper than what you think, you know. And no doubt. They, they, it ain't always it's, what it looked like, you know. Everybody really no doubt. over it, but it ain't. It ain't always like that. Yeah, it, there, it's definitely deeper. And you know, the easiest thing to do is say the coach is retarded, but it's way deeper than that. <laughs> yeah, it's deeper than that. Like it ain't. No. He can't go out there and play. Like that. That's all to it. And some of the, I say, some of the 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 offense. I feel like. We wasn't our defense wasn't ready for their their offense. Like it, we wasn't prepared, and we usually lean on our, our our defense and to the offense crank up. But this time we couldn't do it. And they got you a good job, man. 
Like I yeah, said, he did he a good did. job. All right, man. Hey, yeah. listen, thank you for being part of the show. Yeah, keep going home. Yep, we'll catch you next week. So I wrote a column the other day about my opinion that Mark Rick needs help. And, you know, the caller kind of hit it a little bit on the head. You know, there's, there's not enough creativity. Uh, and I think too often the defense is, is, is too prepared for some of the play calls that are coming. You know, the inside read running plays that aren't working real well right now, you know, and things like that. And I opine that it looks to me like Mark Rick could use some help. And I really feel that way. And I hope he didn't take it too personal, but you know, my, my intentions are certainly, you know, very sincere and good. He looks like he is playing with one hand behind his back right now. You know, he's operating with one less coach than everybody else in terms of seasoned football knowledge and, and bringing something to bringing that expertise to the table. Not to mention recruiting. When Mark Rick played quarterback, the quarterback room was Jim Kelly, Bernie Kosar, Vinny Testaverde, a guy named Kyle Vandeway, and he and him. Now, he that's what you know. Obviously, the Miami quarterback room hasn't looked like that since. Okay, to that degree. So, I mean, that's that's a pipe dream. But the point is, like Miami should be playing with elite quarterbacks. There should be two or three elite quarterbacks on this roster at all times. And instead we're sitting here arguing about Malik Rozier, who's never been more than average. Uh, Nikozi Perry, who we don't really have any idea what he really is. We just don't have the, the sample size. We're overreacting to a couple great throws he made in the Florida state game. And we're ready to, uh, anoint him the greatest quarterback to ever play at the University of Miami. And, and, and that's crazy. And part of that is our desperation for this program to have that elite quarterback. And it doesn't have it right now. It needs to get back to recruiting it. And, you know, 2020, I mentioned, I feel pretty good about them getting this Max Johnson kid. Um, happens to be a rel- you know, have a, a relationship with Mark Rick. And so there's a built-in advantage there. But uh, nevertheless, it looks like he's going to be an elite quarterback. So he would be one. But I'd like to see them pick up another one here in the intermediate time period. And I think they need to go into that grad transfer market and uh, try to get one of the the grad transfers. I mean, we'll have a story uh, later this week on canesport.com about grad transfer quarterbacks. There's three of them right now in the top ten. So if you pick the right guys – you can win with these grad transfer quarterbacks. It's the new wave in college football. And I think the Hurricanes should be a participant in that here over the next few months and shore up the quarterback position going into 2019 so that maybe it's a little bit better and, and we're not going to war with such inexperienced guys who lack consistency and lack seasoning and subject the program to the kind of losses they've had the last couple of weeks. Let's go out to the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Let me do you a favor, man. I ain't even, you already know who it is. You're a good guy. Rick a good guy. Thomas Brown's a good guy. Cancel this damn show. You can cancel this show for the rest of the year because people are going to say what they feel. What I'm going to say is simple and plain. Ain't nothing working. Nothing's working. Nothing is right with this team. 
third year in. Okay, look, by me, I'll go. Okay, the thing that you wrote about, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, let something go, like with his son. Well, if you need more experienced coaches, tell your son to take a back seat, baby. You got your money. He got him there for a payday. He probably said, hey, man, I'm going to get you on the squad. You're going to make this money. Blah, blah, blah. When I retire, don't come bother me. That's what most people do. Look out for the kid. But this ain't life or death, Gary. He, his son need to go. He can, he can stay. Put him somewhere else. Okay, with the quarterback thing, your best is your worst, and your worst is your best. So how in the hell are we going to get any progress? Then you might as well fire all the quarterbacks. Because Roosevelt is not good at all. We, but we knew this. You got that. But he's not progressing. So I'd rather lose every game. That's why King Nation, I said it, damn it. I'd rather lose every game from here on out to see what Perry and Williams going to do. And you still get your grad transfer. But you need to see what somebody going to do. Because Roosevelt is not doing it. And I will be in Miami this week because I'm going to doubleheader. I'm coming to see the side Kings and the side Dolphins. They're my squad. I can say what I want. Damn what everybody else thinks. We have to do better. And I'm going to make it quick. It's not working. I don't know what the problem is. Everybody sees it. Rick is a good guy, man. But you know what they said in Georgia? And I live in the beach. I say, hey, Georgia fan, what about Rick? Great guy. Half of them say he's a good coach. The other half, he give you 10 wins. He ain't getting you nothing else. This ain't coming from me. This Georgia fan. And when he left, I was like, well, y'all got him now. Let's see what happened. Well, we did go to the ACC championship, and the rest of them didn't. But it was only 10 wins, baby. So guess what? Somebody's still right. And it ain't us. It's some Georgia fans. Something got to change. I'm not knocking him. He retarded, but he's stuck in his own way. And if he's anything like Golden or Randall or anybody else, he ain't going to do nothing. Now, Randy was going to fire everybody before he got fired. That's one thing. He might have been stubborn with recruiting, like y'all say, at certain school. But you even say he was getting ready to let everybody else go. But they let him go first. Your boy Golden didn't want to. What is Rick going to do? That's all I got to say. I ain't going to make no hush-hush about it. Everybody know we look like trash. It's ridiculous. And with a target, yeah, they look bad, but they almost beat our ass. So if they look bad and almost beat us, what we look like? Ain't no more to be sad, man. See you this weekend. I'll find you. What sideline you going to be on? Tell me, I'll be, at the, I'll be on the Miami side before the game. Okay, I'm gonna do my best to try to look you up. But uh, you enjoy the night. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to meet you. All right, love to meet you again. Yes, sir. Take care, but I'm out. All right, Kane Kane. Thanks for calling in, man. You know, he talked about making changes. I mean, this isn't Al Golden. Now Al Golden needed to make several changes. Uh and got beaten in the head with that in that bowl game in Orlando. And you know, I, I remember like yesterday, I mean, I, you know, I, I stayed in Orlando and I, and he stayed in Orlando and we ended up talking the day after. And, and like, I remember th- like just talking to him about this whole concept and, and whether he was going to make changes or not. And um, he told me that day he wasn't making any changes that, you know, the, that he considered Mark D'Onofrio his business partner and he wasn't going to uh, be disloyal to his business, to, to, to his business partner. And, uh, that he was coming back with the same thing. Well, then that's where we came up with same plus same equals same. This is a different situation, okay? There is a lot of talent in the football building, like a lot of good coaches. I'm very impressed with, the, with, with most of these position coaches, and they're, and they're good dudes. They care about the kids. They're, they're, they recruit well. It, it, you know, I most, for, the, for the most part, I think it, it, it's all good. Uh, obviously, 
they've got some issues at the offensive line position that are a little bit more, a lot more severe than anywhere else. So I think, you know, Mark Rick's going to take a look at that. And like I wrote the other day, he needs his son, nothing against, nothing wrong with his son or whatever. His son is, is what he is, but like he needs that coaching slot. He needs a better, more seasoned guy that he can work with. So it's not all the Mark Rick show. It's way, this is way too big of a job for one guy to have all that responsibility without something falling through the cracks at some point on probably on a regular basis. Okay. He needs to understand that he needs to bring in a seasoned offensive coach, a guy that commands respect, a guy that can recruit quarterbacks, a guy that young quarterbacks want to come play for because they know they're going to be coached and they're going to end up in the upper tier of the NFL draft. Uh, that's what he needs right now. He's playing with quarterbacks that probably won't even get free agent tryouts in the national football league. Okay. That's not good enough at a program like this. And that's, what's got to get better very, very quickly. And he needs to make, in my opinion, those moves, but this is not the same as Al Golden. And it's not the wholesale changes that we felt back then, I think in unison were necessary at that point in time. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up? Yes, bud? sir. Who's How this? How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? That's Mike That's Hey, Mike what's up, Mike Stur- How you doing this week? What you got for us? Yeah, go. Well, go, man. What uh, you got? I, well, I got. I did some film study. Kind of like what you did, and I might have a theory. I might have a theory as to what could be wrong with this offense. Um, in my opinion, I think it lacks identity. And what I mean by that is, when I coached, we ran what was called the option with I formation, which formed, which uh, forced defenses to play assignment football, kind of like what Georgia Tech does, but they use the wing T and they use the the uh, triple option instead. Well, what we did was we focused on skill, position, strengths quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, etc. And I think, I also think, in my opinion, that not enough has been done to focus on the quarterback's strengths and to maximize performance. You know, it's, it's easy to throw deeper balls, like 20 yards down the field, into big windows. But when defenses take those windows away, you know, those passing lanes away, and they're smaller, you know, because Rozier is, is lacking accuracy, you know, that takes the big play away, and, you know, I've noticed that from last year to this year, and, you know, that uh, the explosive plays have uh, really struggled. Uh, I also think a lack of creativity, like what you were saying, it's very predictable. We need to get away from that. Uh, I don't know if that can be done at the middle of the season, maybe next year, but, you know, I'm not sure about this year. And, of course, I think lack of innovation, too, is also a factor as well. So that's what I got, Gary. Um, your thoughts? Any well, thoughts about that? You know, everyone says lack of accuracy, which at times no question applies. He started out yeah. Boston College game eight of nine, which is which is not lacking accuracy. He he was accurate. The 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 thing that I'm noticing, and and I don't know what the reason for this is, but ever since he hurt yeah. his shoulder, ever since he hurt his shoulder at the end of last year. 
I haven't seen the yeah. same zip on. He he can't get the ball down the field. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I've noticed he, that too. Yeah. He can't get it down the field. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've noticed that you know, too. The, the field and and when that's the case, now they're squeezing the field. And the receivers can't get open. I mean, there's like, I mean, I'm not seeing a lot of open receivers. I mean, yeah, we saw Jeff Thomas open 50 yards downfield. Rozier didn't get him the ball. He didn't, he, you know, he needed to throw the ball way earlier, and he didn't get him the ball. But like play after play after play, we're not seeing a lot of open receivers. Right. Right. You know, I'm seeing right, a quarterback right. who's borderline accurate having to thread the freaking needle to try to hit some of these guys you know, who are covered, you know, very tightly. Right. When did he hurt his shoulder? Was it the Pittsburgh game last year? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was the Pittsburgh game. I believe it was the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too. You know, he just doesn't have that zing in his his motion. I mean, he never had a great, great, never had a great, great arm. But while they were – when in those first 10 games last year, there were a lot of times where he hit plays down the field and, you know, made some really nice, like the, the behind the shoulder throws in the, in the, yeah. in the Florida state game, for example. I mean, those were good throws. He's not making those this yeah. year. No, he's not. No, he's not. And I've been to these games. I've been to some of these games myself. So you're going to be on the Miami sideline. I'm going to be in section 148, uh, uh, row four. You're gonna be around in there. Maybe I'll. I will be around there you. before the game. Yeah, if you see, if you, yeah, holler at me. I'll come say hello. Yeah, you you bet, Gary. Well, anyways, that's it for the show. I want to let some other people get on so uh, they can have their take. I know they're gonna yell and scream. But all we can do is just you know try to tough it out and uh, hope to salvage the rest of the season. You know, that's all I can. That's all I can really say at this point. <laughs> all right, Mikester. Thanks for coming on the show, man. All right, you take. All you right, got it. take care. Take care. Five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show like Mikester just did. Let's go out now to the seven oh six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how you doing? It's your boy Sebastian, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm not gonna be really harsh. I know you're trying to keep the 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 whole entire show focused, but this is just not a week where I'm a big Mark Rook fan. Um, he definitely seemed defensive, and I'm just going. To, I'm just going to tell you what's on my heart, and I'm going to tell you what's going to go down. I think the Coastie right. Perry won't be with the Miami. I don't think the Coastie Perry is going to be on the Miami Hurricanes team next year. You could be. You could say that I'm the first one to say it, but I don't think he's going to be part of. The, he's not going to be on the team next year. That's just my prediction. I think we're going to lose to Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, and we're going to finish the team. We're going to finish the season seven and five. That's just my prediction. I don't like to be negative. I've been to two games this year, and the two games I went to, we lost. We lost to LSU, and we lost to Virginia. Our program should not be losing to Virginia and Boston College. You just got to accept the fact that we just expect more. We didn't join the ACC to, to be losing to Virginia and Boston College, and I'll tell you exactly how we lose it. You know, just like Boston College was able to script us on offense to prepare their team, from Miami, Miami just can't seem to be able to do that against any other team. I can't tell you out of any games this year, and maybe you do some research and you look at it, out of eight games we played this year, when do we score on the opening drive? That gets... There's not many, too many times that we haven't. 
It's just not too many times that we have it. I can tell yeah, you. Yeah, I mean right that gets back to what I was saying a minute ago. You can't you, that 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 you can't if you can't. One thing I've noticed is if you can't seize these road games in the first quarter, yeah, you're going to be fighting right. uphill the entire way. What 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 it is is you when we talk about creativity, I'll tell you this right here. Uh, Harley, he's fast. He's a great team player or whatever, but he's not the receiver you want to be throwing a slant to. He's not the receiver that you want to be throwing to 15 yards on a on a on a slim end. He's only five foot ten. He's 170 pounds. People can even easily bully him for the ball. That's yep. some of the things I talk about. Why can't we use him on a jet sweep? Why can't we use him on a jet sweep? Just more of, more effective use of personnel. Different. More effective use, use of personnel. personnel. No doubt about it. I totally agree with you. The other thing I want to talk about is how many times do we see our quarterback on the center? I talked about this last week. We never see him underneath center. The other thing I want to talk about this week is how many times do we ever see a rollout? You know the offensive line is struggling. Do a rollout. I don't care if it's just a one-man uh, square in or something like that. Something to make the defense do Denny something different to help your offensive line out. Those are the things that I see. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is when we talk about coaching, this is what I'm talking about. That This is why I say I'm not a Mark Rick fan. LSU is ranked in the top 10. Now, let's just look at LSU during the summer. They had two quarterbacks transfer. They were saved because they got a graduate transfer from Ohio State. Not only that, they were able to get a graduate transfer as a kicker who kicked the game winner against Auburn. And during their recruiting class, they tried to solidify their offensive linemen, even though I think one or two, one got kicked off, one got suspended, but they were able to recruit two JUCO offensive tackles. You know, that's a coach that understood that his job was on the line probably this year and made some major changes. You hear what I'm saying, Gary? Made some major changes. And so when I hear Mark Rick this particular week, I think what he's he's just a little defensive, and if he gets out of his own way, because I'm a big Mark Rick fan. I lived in Georgia for a long time. Really excited when he hired him because I used to always talk to you about we will never be able to win championship games unless we get a championship coach. And what I mean by that is there has to be some changes this year. And I'll give you a perfect example. When Randy Stanton was co- the, the coach here, his offense sucked. You remember when he went and got Mark Whipple? Whipple, the offense completely changed. Do you remember that? Offense completely changed, you know, so there is some things that you can do. And when we talk about, you know, he's, he's has one less coach to be able to do it. I mean, let's take a look at it right now. We're fighting to keep some kids that were locked to go to Miami right now that we may not get. We may not get McIntosh. We may not get Richard. We may not get Bogle. But, you know, it's not about always getting those four stars and five stars players because all four stars and five stars are not going to Virginia. They're not going to Boston College. But they whipped us. I mean, you got to realize, man, the games wasn't even close. It was never in doubt that they were going to, that those two teams were going to beat us. And as Kane's fan, we just expect a whole lot more. And so here's the thing I'm looking at going into this week right here with the Duke game. Okay, if you want to ride with Rozier, fine. You know, I mean, because like I tell you, Perry won't be on the team next year, you know. And we'll, and we'll be revisiting this conversation next year when I told you that I said it here first. He's not going to be on the team next year. 
So what are you going to do to do yourself better? And that's why Mark Ray needs to be able to look himself in the mirror. And here's the point I wanted to make. Nepotism is killing this program. And I'm going to give you an example. Uh, Weldon, he, Mark Rick, coached or played with his father at Florida State. He gave him a scholarship. He ain't helping the team, you know. He fought a recruiting battle and got Perry. Perry's on the team at quarterback. He ain't really helping us. You know what I mean? And now he has a, his son as a quarterback coach. And look, run your program the way you run it. Run your family the way you run it. I'm just saying, for our particular program, those things are not moving us forward. They're holding us back. And so when we start talking about, well, we can't get elite quarterbacks or whatever, I, I hate Alabama with a passion. I'm, I'm their number one hater. But Nick Saban has, or has always had good quarterbacks. How many Alabama quarterbacks are starting in the NFL? How many of them are on an NFL roster? Even better yet. So don't don't put it on whether it's the quarterback this or something like that. I mean, the truth of the matter is, if Rozier got hurt, he would have had to play somebody. And what you'd have to do, you would have to just call the you would just have to call the game differently, based on what the quarterback's able to handle. And the last point I want to make is this season was tanked from the first week of the season. From the first week of the season, when I found out that a day before the LSU game that Nikosi Perry was suspended, that told that was a red flag and it told me a lot. Sometimes you gotta pay attention to red flags. It's like red flags in a relationship. What that told me was this. You are at a premier uh, uh college where you're gonna be the starting quarterback, right? And you have to conduct yourself in a certain way for a couple of reasons. One because the other leaders on the team hold you accountable and expect so much of you that you don't want to let them down. And for you to do whatever you did that got you suspended, going into LSU, when the season was set up so perfectly for us to be ranked in the college football playoffs, headed towards the ACC championship game, and he got suspended? I mean, that just, that just said so much about what we're facing right now within the season. Because when we looked at it, we went into the season with so much hope, so much promise. And what, we, what we're seeing as fans is we're seeing that, you know what, we got bigger problems than just losing to Boston College. We got bigger problems than just losing to Virginia. You know, we have to really look at the whole entire program right now because we're, we're to the point next year we'll be at 85 scholarships, and we should be able to have a full team, and there's no reason in the world we should be losing to Virginia and Boston College. And what it's going to really take to save this program is whenever the season's over, Rick is going to have to step back and take a look and get out of his own way to realize what are the changes I need to make to make this team better. Because if you take a look at the way Butch Davis was able to do it, he fired his defensive coordinator, you remember that, and brought in Shiano, you know, and that started to stem the tide. And then, you know, he made some other coaching changes too. And all I'm saying is this. Whatever you've done has shown you your body of work up to this point gets you this far. What are you going to do now to change to make sure that you're able to take it from where you were to take it to the next level? If other coaches that are in the top ten and the top five was able to make changes, why should you be any different? Why should you be any different? You know, I, I, I mean, I'm convinced, I'm totally convinced I'm not going to Blacksburg because, you know, every team is beating us the same way. 
They're beating us the same way. From the mm. Pittsburgh, from the way they look at the way Pittsburgh beat us, they beat us the same way. That haven't changed at all. You want to know why? We haven't changed. We have not changed. We run no motion. We run no jet sweep. We don't put a we don't put the quarterback underneath the center. We don't do any rollouts. We have not changed. And so when he talks about, well, my plays work, they just need to be executed better. You know, that's like a woman saying, I'll, I'll be faithful to you as long as you're here. But when you're not here, you know, then that's a totally different story. And that's just not fair. That's not right. Just keep me on hold. But remember what I told you. Number five won't be on the Hurricanes team next year. You know, it's you can very tell possible. Me, you can try to convince me. You can, you, can, you, you, you can tell me. You can try to convince me otherwise. But I believe me. I say it here first. We're gonna it's get very it. possible. Uh, I'm listen. I'm hoping that they get a grad transfer. They, to me, I'm, that's I'm, what, I'm hoping they that's get. A, what they I'm, hoping, need. I'm hoping they get a. I'm hoping they get a grad transfer. But even if you get a grad transfer, what's going to be your excuse then if you're doing the exact same thing? If you don't bring another offensive mind in, so we start the season next year where coaches have to really think and game plan for us. They, we're not doing our team a favor when we show up to the stadium and they know exactly the hand that we're going to play. It's like playing right. cards. If I show you the hand that I get, you know, you already know you have the advantage. Why should we keep doing that? That's all I'm saying. Keep me on hold. I'm glad you didn't cut me off. But, you know, we'll continue this conversation. But just remember some of the things I said here. And we'll, you all know, right, when next year roll around, you'll see that I got a chance to call it. Just keep me on hold, Gary. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, Greg? Hey, what's up, Greg? How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'll be down for the Duke game. I'll come say hello to you. Oh, good. All yeah, right. please do. You, you know where to find me. All right. You, all right. I want to start out. I, I posted something the other day. I don't. I want to know what you think about this idea. You've been mentioning uh, – Kelly Bryant and Jalen Hurts. I think we should go after Francois. That kid is a good quarterback. He's well, a you're assuming he's going to put. Why would he? I mean, he's the starting quarterback at Florida State. I don't know that he's going to put himself out like that. You know. I don't know, but if he if he did, I think he's better than those other two guys. He might be. I don't expect him to be available. The other kid might be though, the Blackman kid, but. I don't know. Uh, to me, that that one doesn't make as much sense. Well, he looks to me like Nicosi Perry. Yeah, exactly. And he would have to sit out a year because he's not going to be a grad transfer. So, all right, You've got to find a now, grad transfer that can play right away. Right. Okay. Um, you saw that guy in the stands at Florida State reading a book the other day, right? <laughs> yep. I hope that doesn't happen this week at our stadium. Yeah, hopefully not. It's, it's un- we we have been favored in every game this year, and we lost three games. It, it's mind-boggling. Malik, what's going to happen, Gary, next year? If we don't get the grad transfer and Perry's not there, we're going to go into the Florida game next year with Jaron Williams who played Cade one Weldon. quarter of the game this year. Yeah, and Cade Weldon, yeah. No, I understand, Greg. It's bad, man. They got to find a grad transfer. They got to go hard. I, I hope Mark Rick sees that. They got to go hard. 
They got to go hard. Uh, you don't let Kelly Bryant go to North Carolina. Come on. North Carolina is going to probably be firing their coaching staff at the end of the year. Uh, you know, he's getting ready to make a second visit to North Carolina. I mean, you don't let it, it, like, no, come on. You, they should be in that sweepstakes right now, in my opinion. Well, they they, missed, they they dropped the ball. They're way behind the eight ball with him. They're not going to get him. Oh, no. They, they could get into that. I mean, if you're Kelly Bryant, would you rather go to North Carolina or Miami? I mean, come on. I, I guess you're right about that. I guess he's, okay. he's also looking at Missouri. I mean, you know, come on. With all the, the skill athletes they got here. So what? So what is the reason we're not going after him? We don't want. I don't know. I don't know that they are or not. You know, I mean, this thing is. You know, Mark Rick about that. He's not allowed to talk about that. Or he's not. Right now, there's been no evidence that. Right now, there's no evidence that they are. But my question is, if they're not, why not? Okay. My next question. Give me your best guess. Do we have a better chance of getting Hazelwood and Evan Neal or Vernon Carey and that Walker basketball player? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's a tough question, man. I'm going to say the basketball guys because I think they're getting those basketball guys for sure. That's the way I feel about it. Um, But I think they got a great shot at Hazelwood also. Evan Neal's 50-50. So I would have uh-huh. so if you if, so if you're putting that to me in, in that way, I got to say the basketball guys. Oh, that would be amazing if we could pull that off. Oh, it would be tremendous. That 2019 season would be lit. Maybe we That'd should a... put Byron Egg in charge of football recruiting. Yeah, yeah. Him All and right. uh, him and him and his staff do a great job. Okay, what do you, what do you think the chances that Mark Rick? either demotes his son or asks him to go somewhere else. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, Is there any chance? I mean, there has to be a chance, but, like, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I'm sure he want, he doesn't want to see that. But I don't understand. I don't know. Like, if, it, if, if something doesn't change very significantly, I don't understand how he can't see it. And then the other thing you can't do, you can't put your head in the sand – and pretend that everything you've seen the first two months of this year don't exist. Don't exist. You know, I think he needs help. He needs a little help. Well, if There's he doesn't no shame. get rid of his son, how is he going to bring in an experienced offensive coach? He, he probably can't. Unless he goes the Nick Saban route and hires an analyst or something, but... You know, I, I don't know what great coach is going to want to do that. You know, they want to be involved in the action, so I don't know. Well, I don't know what – I don't see – does Thomas Brown have any say in the offense? Yeah, the, he's involved, but he's not that – he's he's not at that point in his career. You know, he, Thomas Brown is a huge asset to the program, and he, he he's, he's a very good running backs coach, and he's a very good locker room guy, and – I think the kids respect him, you know, but he's not, he's, he's, he doesn't have, he, he's not an offensive coordinator who's done it year after year after year, who's got the seasoning, who understands, you know, the little things that will make the difference between an average offense and an above average offense and things like that, you know, and, and Mark Rick's trying to do it all, 
And I just think it's too much. I think he needs some help. And I, I put it out there. You know, what he's going to do, I have no idea. All right, I got one last point. I got nothing against this kid, D. Wiggins, but he is struggling like crazy. He did the other day. I mean, he's not struggling, Greg, because he's a true freshman who made his way into the starting lineup. (laughs) So that's not struggling. But he struggled the other day, dropping those, I guess, what was it, two balls, I think? Well, you said that, you said that we're having trouble getting separation. Why can't we see Michoku or Ezzard or somebody like that if these other guys aren't getting the job done? Why can't N- we Njoku, see Njoku's got to work on his hands. He drops an awful lot of balls. Um, Ezzard is going to be very, very good. I think they're trying to redshirt him. So he could play at the end of the year? Couple games. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think he's been in more than one or two games. Right. So they could play him in one or two more. What about Pope? Pope's been playing. He's not being redshirted. I don't understand how Mark Pope, a five-star wide receiver coming out of high school, who's not redshirting, going into the eighth, what are we, eighth game of the year? Ninth game? Ninth, ninth game of the year, right? Ninth game of the year doesn't have a catch. Right. Not one catch. The kids are great return guy. I don't know why we don't put them back there. I don't care. Well, they're letting Jeff well, Thomas showcase himself right now. But, like, you know, he doesn't have one catch. Not one. Yes. Well, Wiggins only has one or two. So, and he's been playing. All right. I'll let you go. But thanks for time as usual. All right, Greg, thanks for being part of the show. All right, we're 20 minutes away from a segment that I know has made many come to appreciate it, and that is the Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment where Bruce Warner brings on one of our former Canes. Tonight, I'm just going to go out right now and tell you who it's going to be. Randall Thrill Hill. Looking forward to that. We're going to get to that at about 9.30. Um, in the meantime, the number is 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad. If you would like to come on the show, let's go out to the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? That's you. Hello? Who's this? Yeah, that's you. This is Royal. Hey, what's up, Royal? What you got for us, man? Hey man, um, I got a few questions for you, Gary. I'm not, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kind of leave Mark Rick alone. It's kind of hard, but, um, I want to, okay, uh, Don Baylor Jr. I want to know his, uh, how, how does he get so close to the program? Who is he? Now, I know he's, he's a played, former player. He? He's a former okay. player. Give me a rundown on him. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's a former, he's a former player. He played for the team. He's been radio analyst for a few decades now. Um, he has been very close with many of the coaches through the years. He yeah, played with Mark Rick. He played with Mark Richt, and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, he he pretty much has open access. He can go to any practice he wants. He he, he puts his he puts his time in. He goes in and watches film. Mm-hmm. So you know. Okay. The, I mean, you know, everyone knocks him for being a homer. I mean, he 
He, he's not going to argue that he's a homer, but he puts a lot of time in, man. I mean, you know, I feel I put a lot of time in. You know, that guy probably probably puts in more time than me. I mean, he's a film junkie. He's over there at the heck all the time, watching tapes and 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 building his knowledge. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm a big Don okay. Bailey Jr. fan. I like him. Well, what's up? You do. Let me, uh, how, how many years you been following uh, the Canes? I started covering the Canes in 1979. Wow, long time. It's getting scary, man. I was a wide-eyed freshman in 1979. I showed up on campus. I was a writer okay. for Dolphin Digest at the time, so I, I knew Howard Schnellenberger from covering the Dolphins mm-hmm. through my high school years. Howard sat me down okay, in his cool. office. My first week on campus, Howard sat me down in his office, he, and he, he, okay. took a, he took a puff of his pipe, and he said, we are on a collision course with the national championship. The only variable is time. I want your help. I said, right. okay, coach, whatever you need. And we, that's how it all began. So, yeah, 1979, okay. man. Getting old, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I asked that, uh, especially the second question about yourself, uh, Gary, I've been following you a long time. I've been a Kane Sport member a long time. Thank you, man. And, we appreciate it. Um, you know, you, 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 you said something at the beginning of the season that really ruffled my feathers, and it really hurt me. It hurt me from the standpoint, well, the comment you made uh, that I read on Kane Sport, you said that, and I hope you don't backtrack and try and say you didn't say that, but you said that uh, the program – Right now, well, let's go back to the beginning of the season. It was like, uh, see, I say about somewhere in August, maybe July, somewhere in there. We're getting ready mm-hmm. for the season. And you said, quote, unquote, that the program right now is in the best position it ever has been. Ever? Well, me, no, I didn't say ever. Oh, oh no, no, no. I no. knew you was going to do that. No, no, oh, no, no, wow. no, 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 no. Wow. Wait, now I know what you're talking about. No, time out. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I did say, but but here, but wait, you wait, sure wait, you wait, wait. No, no, I did, I did, I did, I did. Wait a minute, hold on, Royal. Okay. I did. It was, it, okay. was in, it was in it was it was in reference to the facilities and the infrastructure and the budgets and the 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 the, um, the, the me- sports medicine programs and the dietary programs okay. and the and the okay. strength programs. The infrastructure okay. of the program at the University of Miami is far better. Right now, than it's ever clean, been. Yes, clean, that's what I was talking about. Clean it up. Clean it up. Clean it up. Okay, no, I wasn't fine. talking about the <laughs> roster. You don't think I was talking about the roster, do you? No, I'm just saying, hey, when you throw okay. that out there, what, I, what am I supposed to think? No, 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 but, but just so you don't think I was talking about the roster, we're all good. Yeah, that's, well, that's no, exact, saying, that is we, exactly we, what I said. That's 100%. You're we, quoting me 100% accurately. When we, when we accurately. come off of five national championships, we've come off of five national championships, we probably come off losing five, the anticipation for the following season, there ain't no way in hell you make a comment like that. But, okay, you cleaned it up. Okay, that's fine. No, no, I didn't clean it up. I said you're 100% right. That's exactly what I said. But I was not talking about the wrong thing. where I'm coming from? No, I don't. Okay. Well, when you say the program, I'm thinking about the team. See, I'm not worried about, I'm not concerned about all the uh, the outside. I understand all that stuff is important. Well, oh, it's very I important. care about is my boys coming out there smoke on a Saturday afternoon, ready to play within them 120 yards. That's all I care about. Okay. Yeah, I got now. you. But if you want, if you want your boys coming through that smoke, 
to be able to compete at the level you want them to compete at, and we all do, all that other stuff I, I'm talking about is important. And and Miami is now at a competitive level with just about everybody. At a competitive yeah. – see, that, that's the problem once again. All this outside, you know, IPF, all that stuff. You know what? I hope some type of magic come out of that building to where we getting all these great recruits like y'all think we going to get. No, no, no. You got to win, buddy. Bottom line, win. We've been doing plenty of winning without a damn IPF. Now you no, you, Royal, you need both. You need both. You got to win, and you better have you nice don't. facilities and, and a good infrastructure. Oh Absolutely, man. Oh my goodness, Gary, you can't do it without one or the other years. anymore. It's a different game now, Royal. I've been recruiting for years. Not one Royal. kid has ever said that I'm not coming to Miami because they ain't got no damn IPF. Come on, Gary, stop it. Royal, no it's a diff- it's a different that. deal now, man. We're not in 1987 anymore. My goodness. These kids, okay, I'm not saying it's good, but these kids are different today. Man, the exaggeration with you guys is unbelievable. Okay, listen. The last listen, I'm not saying that go. the IPF is going to recruit a kid by itself, but I'm saying without that, those type of facilities, if you're I mean, recruiting a lot the elite of you kids, if you're recruiting that, the elite kids, Royal, that can go anywhere they want, and you don't have it, I tell you you're, what, at a, you're at a I disadvantage. You what, if, you, if you had the right attitude like an old Kane team, oh, we would be getting who we want to get. Yeah, we, yeah because Miami, the U recruits itself, when you got the right people in there doing what they're supposed to do. But when you got does that don't know what they're doing, running your program because the, the damn administration want a certain image, that's what's wrong. Forget about Mark Rick. Forget about him. It's the people that's running the show. That's what they want. Mark Rick is garbage, and we all know it. And, Gary, you're being nice about it, and I understand. That's your job. You're trying to keep the job. It's a cushy job. It's cool. Don't forget, I got one more thing. I'm gonna you let think you go. I got a cushy got job? One. It hasn't been so, well, hasn't been so cushy well, the last couple of weeks. Well, it hasn't hey, been so been cushy the last couple of weeks. Obviously, you like it. <laughs> I love it. Twenty thirty some years, obviously. No, yeah, thirty something. Yeah, no, I love every second of it. Okay, well, don't front. All I'm saying is this, man. Now I got one more thing for you. Now, get shots at kids. Now you asked a tough question. Finally, and I appreciate that. I'm trying to figure out why was that tough question at a kid instead of this this dud coach that got a litany of things to talk about. But you asked DJ Dallas at a live press conference about him following a kickoff, probably one error he's probably made in two years he's been there. And I, I said that. It was the only error I could remember him making. That's what I was asking. Like, well, 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 you know, and, okay. and it's a very appropriate well, question because we're out. sitting there trying to figure out how the heck is this happening to this football program? And how is this okay, happening okay, to this kid, team? But it, and it now you got a kid who is the epitome of reliability. He never out. makes a mental error, Royal. And in a key moment in the Virginia game, he's letting the ball but bounce you know off why? his leg at the three-yard you know line why? when you're trying to you, freaking you know, hang I'm in the tell, game. I'm gonna tell you that was why. a critical mistake. You That's why, why I asked because him. I wasn't calling you, out the kid. But I can tell you why. Because when you got guys busting a rump week after week, and you got a coach who's so stuck in his ways and so damn pig-headed and hard-headed that won't do the right these kids get frustrated. You got guys on that team, you can see it in their face, trying to get film, trying to get to the league. Guys like Langham, guys like 
Well, you serious, man? You serious? We're struggling. I'm in, I'm a I'm a player on this team. We're we're in this fight of our life at Virginia, and I'm frustrated to the point where I'm going to make a mental error and contribute to the pain. Come on, man, that's ridiculous. Man, come on, no, Royal, come on, come on, that's insane. That's nuts. That's that's not how these man, kids are thinking. You, listen, when you go out there series after series, and you know you got a damn quarterback that can't make play basic plays, and you're not going to get the ball. Oh, yeah. So I'm pissed. I'm pissed off. DJ? I'm not going to get the ball, and I'm going to go problem, make it worse for my team you and commit a mental see, a, and you, commit you, a mental error no. that puts us in a bigger hole. Oh, Come God. on, Royal. So you Royal, you got to change gears, man. That's your, this is absurd. No, Royal, it's no, absurd. Dude. It's you absurd. Come on, man. You're not understanding nothing. The pain them kids going through. When you Royal, I'm understanding the pain that you're going through. I'm listening to you. Are you not in pain? You're in pain? I can feel you your pain. I'm in pain. Yeah, I can feel it coming through the phone lines. But you're being crazy Man, you right now. Here. You're being no, nuts. I'm not being crazy. These kids, they're not, pur- the they're not purposely, purposely making mistakes to make you? it worse for themselves. You, you going to war with a coach that's garbage? And you trusted that guy? Are you kidding? You trusted that guy. That kid come from Brunswick, Georgia, to come down there. Because he loved Mo Rick for some damn reason, and he ain't doing what he say he gonna do. He's a liar. He ain't a great guy like y'all trying to make him out to be. Because if he was, he would not be sacrificing them kids' careers. Thomas, Travis Homer, kids trying to get to the league. Kids trying to get to the league, man. And he up here doing what he want to do because he trying to prove a point that I'm the man. Come on, Gary. You man, you you ridiculous. Kids man. trying to get to the league, you but mean, if he calls a running play for the kid that's trying to get to the league, he's a bad play caller who's too conservative. I mean, come on, man. It's like sometimes you you know man, it's like so, okay, he calling five plays a game. He can't, the kid can't complete a quick slant, and he still been a press conference today and told you that execution. What the hell, coach? You got a kid out there they go on slant and they start sitting on the slant. He's not smart enough to try something else. Or you're not smart enough to tell him something else. You got another quarterback that anybody with common damn sense see that's way better physical talent than Malik, and he won't play him because he won't do what I want. Oh, my goodness. He sat Malik Rozier down. Royal. Royal. He sat him down for three weeks and made the kid you're talking about the starting quarterback – before he had and done a god kid, dang thing. Now he had done nothing. And he made him okay, the starting quarterback. How is that not I, doing I, right by Nikosi Perry? But why I'll make the argument that he destroyed after, the season man, by doing that. Passes, it was ridiculous what he did. Passes, he, he was ridiculous kid, making him the starting quarterback so fast. No, he was not. No, he was not. No, no, no. Royal. No, he was not. Because... You get with Malik is the that's all he got. Malik can't give you. Yeah, and you don't think Mark Rick doesn't understand that? Why do you think he did what he did? He was trying to make the man, team better, man, but he very look, quickly man. realized man, okay. that he had a that he had a disaster on his hands, and he retreated. Hold okay, on. he's not going to say you that. He's not going to stand up at a press conference and say, "Man, I I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, and I had to pull back." Oh, okay. He's not going to he's not okay. going to throw a kid Let's under the bus like that. 
but put two and two wait, together. Wait, wait. Oh, he, Stop well, calling him a know, retard. Stop thinking he doesn't have he a brain. Did. He had a reason for doing what he did. He had a reason. Oh, man. Okay, okay same way he, he suspended a kid for something he did way do you, back in the screen. Do you think, Royal, do you think game. that Mark Ricks, you. do you think it, Mark Ricks thinks Stop that Malik Rozier is a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback? Come on, man. Come on. Oh, you didn't see where that come from. What, what, no, what I'm about? trying where to say is from? Mark Rick knows what he has. You think he's happy with where he's at at quarterback? Come on. Mark Rick, Mark Rick doesn't know what he's doing. If he knew, if he knew half what he's doing, anybody with common sense could see that Perry is way better than Malik on basic stuff. Basic stuff. You leave He wasn't him, better you know in the what? first he quarter of Virginia. Perry, uh, uh, Gary, after six passes, okay, he threw two interceptions. He didn't play Why do you well think he pulled them? Why do you think he pulled them? Do you think he, you think he pulled them because he doesn't like Nicosi? Royal, do you think he pulled them because he doesn't like Nicosi? Why do you think he pulled them? No, he doesn't. He don't like it. What? He don't like it. He doesn't like it. You don't think he like? You don't think he likes? Okay. He wait, wait. To the media last you week. do or do when not he think he likes him? He was he been playing. Okay, Royal. <laughs> he he sat Did down. He sat down as an experienced it's veteran guy. Put him on mothballs for three show. weeks. Put him on mothballs no, for man. three weeks and made Nikosi Perry the starting quarterback of the football team before he had he done anything, be anything. And he still should be the starter. He still should be the starter right now. Well, obviously, you know he doesn't agree with you. You know why? All right, Royal. I got to let other people get on, man. Hey, hey, Royal, thank All you. Right, thank man. you. Man. Give, us a call. Give us a call next week. Got to get some other voices on here. But, man, whew. Man, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. There's some things I'm just not. I'm missing something. I'm not, I'm not getting it all. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. I'm live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing, my friend? Doing great. Who's this? 786. It's 305, bro. What's up, man? How you doing tonight? Good, man. I don't know what happened, man. I called in right early. I don't know. I couldn't. Something happened on your end, so been on hold since. All right. Well, you're here now, so shoot. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, I just want to talk a few things here, you know. I know everybody's frustrated, but, you know, I've, I've been t- telling you for a long time now that we are an average or slightly above average team for a long time, since at least the second week of the season. And we've disagreed on a lot of things. You pointed out a lot of things as to why you didn't feel that was the case. But I've been telling you this is the case for a lot of reasons. And I go back to the very beginning. I told you how essential it was to hire the right guys as your staff members. I said a while back, we talked about how, I felt Jr. shouldn't be here. He had not earned or had not earned any merit to be in the spot he's in. I made that clear. I pointed out to you how he entrusted guys that had worked for him or helped him at Georgia. Hiring Rump, the local the local guy he had here for South Florida, his hub man, who helped him with guys, evaluating guys, doing some work for guys. I mean, he hired a guy as his first assistant Associate head coach being that, and Coach Cool, when you had a guy who has had a nice body of work who was still pretty young, great UM guy, and Kevin Patrick, who was more than willing and was dying to be interviewed, never even got a phone call. I mean, it goes on and on. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you, Gary, he is reaping what he sowed. 
it is essential when you first come into a place that you come in with the right guys, especially where you're at. Now, he's done a lot of good things for this program. Can't take that away from him. I would never even suggest that. He put his money where his mouth is. He put a million dollars of his own money into this program. That he is a great man. He really is. But you've got to look at what you've done right and wrong, and eventually things catch up to you. I put a statement out here a long time ago, nepotism will always bite you in the ass in the end. I've experienced it firsthand as a college coach and as a high school coach myself, even as a professional coach in Argentina. I'm telling you, it doesn't work, okay? You've got to put the best people around you. Brown is a nice young guy, but he has, again, another guy who does not belong in that seat. So when I go across the board, he's made a couple of good hires, and I'll tell you the number one hire he made, which he didn't hire first, was Manny. Manny, absolutely. When you talk about what you had a sound bite at the beginning of your show today that was on point, that interview that he, he talked about, and he pointed out, well, you, you, you set up your offense, your game plan, XYZ, if what this team does with their tendencies, a lot of coach speak. But you know what? At the end of the day, the reason why we've been so good, 10 wins in a row, is that defense and basic, average, mediocre, at best, quarterback play. Manny has carried this program, and I think you still fail to recognize that. His contribution has been essential to not only this program, but this community coming back and getting behind these kids and filling that freaking stadium. So I, I think those are some issues that, for me, I see they're, they're crystal clear. I've been telling you this from, from August. But what upsets me, Gary, is now today and yesterday, he's turning on players. He's holding players accountable. Let me explain something to you, Gary. You know that pro football focus thing you love to quote all the time? Where you mm-hmm. get graded, you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Okay. Does anybody ever grade 99%? 11 guys have to do a job on every play. Let me tell you something. At best, you get 60% of every man beating his man or doing their assignment, combination, mental, physical. At best, you get 60 to 65 on average on every freaking play, in practice, in scrimmages, and in games. At best, you get that. So that coach speak today pissed me off. Because you can't throw these kids under the bus. These are not all the kids from Al Golden. These are your freaking kids that you've brought in here the last three years. A couple that are some hangover kids, but they're still your kids. You've had three years to develop. That's a cop-out. I'm 61 years old. Never in my life did I ever, ever, as an assistant, associate head coach, whatever it was, did I ever throw kids under the bus, especially on the airwaves. Back then, we just had radio and TV and newspaper guys. It wasn't what it is today. But this was ridiculous, and what's worse, his yes man, the ultimate yes man that he hired on his staff, which, guys, I've been a member of the Black Coach Association for almost 34 years now, okay? And we call him a BCA token, is Coach Brown, because the cancer comment that he made today, it, it not only is it ludicrous, it's beyond insensitive to those of us that have gone through it day in and day out. So I'm not happy with Mark Rick. And the way this program is right now, you had an article that you about, and I think it took guts for you to throw it out there, actually put your name on it, about Jr. and Jr. really not, not being able to provide him and this program with what he needs. And I and I, I hinted to this to you last week, 
And you jumped on me quick on it, Gary. You jumped on me. And I told you he's starting to lose the locker room. I was hinting to it. I didn't want to be too specific. But let me explain something to you. If you've ever coached, you know there's two things you can't do with kids. You sure as hell can't lie them, and you sure as hell can't try to fool them. So those kids know what's up. And we all know that there's an issue. We all know there's an issue with Nikosi Perry. It goes more than just what he can and can't do because every great coach, he talked about one thing today. You know, your scheme, creating your scheme, it's the old kid's principle. You keep it simple, stupid. And if that kid gives you your best chance to play, then you, you go figure out the best 14, 15 plays that gets man in this situation, in that situation, your best 10 or 12 plays in zone, in that situation, in this short situation, whatever it is. I think he it's tried that. I, th- I think he tried that against Florida State and uh, and Virginia, man. Well, I, can, I can guarantee you he didn't. You don't think he came into those games guy. with the full playbook, do you? You know what, Gary? I don't know what he came with, but I can tell you this much. Wasn't there's enough, no right? Retention there. It wasn't enough, and there's been no retention with that kid. But when he had to make big plays, when he had the ball in the red zone, here's the ball. That kid made big plays. He made big throws. You can't take that away from him. Not at all. No, the, those couple plays in the FSU game were spectacular. The only thing is I understand that once all the yelling and screaming and everybody running out of the stadium excited and euphoric and everything else, once all that dissipates about, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, Mark Rick's got to go back and watch the film of 80 plays. And I understand that. And the eye in the sky don't lie, Gary. That eye in the sky right. don't it, lie. Right, exactly, exactly. So, so that's why it comes across like I'm favoring one or not the other. I'm not favoring anybody. I couldn't care less. I just I understand I what's anybody. going on. But you, you, you will admit I've been telling you this for a long time. And, and this is where I get frustrated. I get frustrated in the fact that we are in a situation now where every top local recruit, they're not coming here now. I don't. I wouldn't say that. Do, you got the top receiver in America that's really close to coming here. Listen, listen I wouldn't say that. Unless my mama, if I'm a local kid, unless my mama tells me to stay, I ain't staying. I'm gonna say that right. Unless, unless me as a grandfather, if my if I tell my grandson he's got to stay, he's gonna freaking stay. But unless it's that situation, these kids are going elsewhere, and they're yeah. getting paid, and they're gonna and they got a chance. The kid from South Dade. Gladson. Let me go go ahead and catch passes from uh, the Lawrence kid or from who knows what, a grad transfer next year here in Miami. You have to see the big picture. He has yeah. yet to see the big picture. And his inflexibility, Gary, his lack of basic, basic compromise. You've got to keep things simple. Get your best players the ball where they exceed. Now, you're going to have a guest on here named Randall Thrill Hill. Yeah, and, and, he's, and, and he's waiting for you to get done, so wrap it up. Well, <laughs> well, I'm going to throw this at you. This pop's a great principal, great fan. One thing I saw that kid play when he was little, all those great players, they got the ball where they could do the most damage. And you know what your game plan was? Get them the ball where they can do the most damage. And whatever the defense takes away, you put them in the spot where they're, that they're giving up. And if you've got to run motion, you run motion twice if you have to before you snap that ball. To get them in the right spot, it's not calculus, Gary. But for some reason, CMR makes it nuclear physics. I don't know what else to tell you, Gary. 
God bless. You. All right, man. Okay. Hey, th- thank you as always. Saturday. Thank you as always for being part pleasure, of the show. Friend. All right, guys, it's time for that segment you guys love. Man, you've heard me talk so much about Sicilian Oven, and I know every week more and more you guys are going and trying that just absolutely off the charts, fantastic food that they have at their six South Florida locations. Well, they also bring you the Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment each week with Bruce Warner and a special Kane alumni guest. And uh, this week, we have one of my favorites. Um, I'll never forget, third and, what, fourth and 43 against Notre Dame. And the thrill got to do his thing. I'll also never forget running out of the Cotton Bowl. What a great moment in Hurricane history. And now he's here with us on Kane Sport Live. Bruce, Randall, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're so how uh, you doing, man? We're ready to go, man. It's been a, I, I hear you. I think you probably have, like, uh, the emergency services outside your house. Just in yeah. case something happens to your heart. Because, uh, Randall, you haven't heard this. I've listened to the entire show. Wow. So welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us, buddy. No, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So go ahead, Bruce. What's on What's on you guys' mind here? Uh, I mean, so much to talk about. <laughs> well, I, you know, look, we, there's been some tweeters out there, and Randall was one of them, and, uh, and uh, I understand his point, and there's a lot of, you know, that I talk to a lot of the former players all the time, and the frustration with them is just as bad, if not worse, and the fans and the people listening to Kane Sport Live. So, Randall, give us your opinion of what you've seen and what you've spoken about these last couple of days. Um, well, what, what you're saying is you're not seeing hurricane football. You're not seeing the effort. You're not seeing um, what created um, a utopia in college football. You're seeing – Mediocracy at its best, if that's a if that's the proper thing to say. And the owners on on themselves to say, hey, listen, we have to do better. We're not representing our families um, properly because their names are on the back of our jerseys. We're not representing the University of Miami properly um, because their names are, is on the side of the helmet. And you're not representing South Florida in the proper manner because the 305 deserves much better than, 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 than what is being displayed right now. And um, I don't know what the issues are or because I'm not in the, I'm not in the locker room at this particular point, but, and I can only sit back and Monday morning quarterback, but the reason why I can do it is because in four years at university of Miami, I lost four games. My first year I lost, Nothing. Lost one. Third year, lost one. Last year, lost two. But with that, and walked away with two national championship rings. And if I would have redshirted, I would have walked away with three national championship rings. But that's all for naught because right now the baton is in the current player's hand, and they're dropping it. And the only way you can pick it up and run with it is if you catch the ball, Run, block, tackle, and every once in a while kick. That's it. Of what is going on at University of Miami, it's not conducive of what what the the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that we laid on the line daily 
for the University of Miami, the 305, and even the 954. Um, you know, it's 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 it, when you talk to a player like like myself, I I'm super and super analytical, and I I think about it. Well, you know, they're in the ACC right now, which is a conference, and regardless of how well they do season, they're going to make money because throughout these conferences, they split the revenue. So you're always going to make money. Next year, they're coming out with the uh, ACC network, which which is fine. They're still going to make money. But if you want to talk about pressure, if you want to talk about all or nothing, I dare the University of Miami to go back independent. Now, let's see what's going on. Let's see what will really happen. I guarantee you they make changes quickly because if you don't go to a bowl game, you don't get anything. If you don't win national championships, you don't get anything. If you're not on TV, you don't get TV uh, 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 revenues. But since you're in a conference, oh, it's safe. You can stay there. You can hang out. Because regardless of if you win or lose, you're still going to make money. Are you saying that the administration doesn't want to I didn't say win? anything. I'm, I'm letting you say that. <laughs> I, I said it. I didn't say anything. I, I didn't say anything. The only thing I did was bring up um, a, a, a hypothetical. I hear you. Listen, I believe you, all listen, Randall, you and two others tweeted. One I called, but I haven't gotten a response. And the other tweeter, who the, the Queen Sport guys know, I spoke to him for half an hour yesterday, and – he doesn't want to come on the show because he's going to blurt this stuff out. I'm just not mentioning names because I promised them I wouldn't. You know who it is. But I'm telling you, you're not the only one that feels this way. It is sad. And, Gary, I've told you that a lot of these guys are singing this. And a lot of these guys, I'm not speaking for Randall, said three years ago he shouldn't have been named the head coach. They knew this was going to happen. But it's all, it's all about money. It's all about what they think. Um, the University of Miami should be. Yes, University of Miami is a great a- academic school. Medical school is one of the best in, in the country. But what put University of Miami on the map wasn't the medical school. It was the University of Miami football players. It was what we did on the field. It was what we did uh, in the classrooms uh, back in the 80s and even in the 90s. And, you know, you can we can talk about 10 players being left off of uh, the trip to go to the White House in 1987 because the president of the university um, had 10 of his family members going. There was no room on the plane. We could talk about that, but we're not, I'm not going to talk about it right now. But, the, you know, the, the, some things need to be kept in-house. Some things don't need to be kept in-house. And what does not need to be kept in-house is South Florida and the fans of, of – uh, of University of Miami, whether it be the Haitians that have come over and tried to make a better life for themselves, whether it be the Cubans that have come over who tried to make a better life for themselves, or whether it be the young black kid in the inner city who said, hey, you know what, that may be my way out. They deserve better. They deserve um, to have a championship team in that area. Damn straight, Randall. Hey, you know hey, hey Randall, you is blessed. it? You had Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson as your coaches. You were blessed. 
and you had competitors and you had guys on those teams that if you if you did something wrong, you heard about it. Not sometimes even vocally. They looked at you funny and you just said, "Okay, I ain't doing this shit no more." You know, we've we've had other former players and all your teammates on. Uh, it's a different world now. It's not. There's no leadership. Who's the leader on this team? Well, you have you have leaders, and I can think right off the bat. You know, DJ Dallas. Right, he's a leader. Who, he 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 resembles what the University of Miami used to be. The and it's called the drum major instinct, the want, the will, the desire, which Dr. King said, want, will, and or desire to be the best, to lead. A drum major leads. A drum major is it runs the band. But when you have <laughs> situations like like when you're going out of town and you're already defeated before you even get there. It, no one listening to this or no one who will listen to this, this interview will, can, can honestly say that from the start of the kickoff that something wasn't different. No one can honestly say that they were actually watching hurricane football. That's not hurricane football. I don't know what the hell it was. It was not hurricane football. <laughs> it, hasn't it, was, it was college coming out and, and, and just grabbing it by the cojones is what it was. And, you know, again, that's not what we have established. When you talk about hurricane players who have laid it on the line, um, who are watching this, it's, it, let's even go back to the LSU game. I'm a very prideful person. I left right after halftime, and I'm walking up there with University of Miami colors on, and everybody's laughing at Randall Hill. Now, they don't know who the hell I am. But it is embarrassing for them, and and only I can say to them is, okay, well, this is what I did. Here's here's one of my rings. Here's the other one. Which one you want me to knock you out with? <laughs> but it, you know, again, it's not. It, it's a situation where it's embarrassing, and I don't know any former players who are used to being laughed at, uh, heckled because of the style of play that is going on on the field. It's embarrassing. And all of you guys were there. Every one of you guys were there. I, that was the, the greatest Kane alumni turnout I've seen in years. And not just the, the football alumni. How about the fans? There must have been 25,000 Miami fans in Dallas. I mean, everybody came ready for this new season, and they just totally didn't show up. And, you know, Randall, I, I obviously agree with everything you're saying. The, the thing that I can't put a finger on is why. Uh, and, and, and maybe you can. I mean, is it the player's fault? Is it the coach's fault? You know, why don't they have this, that, that, that same mojo that you guys had? I mean, I, 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 are the athletes – were the athletes so much better back when you played? Well, yeah, let, let me explain something to you. And I, I had this conversation um, earlier today on another media outlet. thing that you can say to Randall Hill is – the, the 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 athletes that are there, or the the talent that is there, or you need to have um, better players, or you need to have uh, a better you know rated player like a five star or six star or tw- whatever the hell it is. When we won national championships, Jimmy Johnson, I'll say it like this: legendary Jimmy Johnson did not specifically recruit talent. 
yeah, you had to have some talent. Jimmy Johnson recruited a personality. Jimmy Johnson recruited an attitude. I don't believe in this 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 star system. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. And, and what it does, it makes the novice fan even dumber because they don't have a clue. Because they just go by these systems that uh, these, these these rating systems, which you know they're all made up anyway. And now you go back to the heyday of the University of Miami. You know, Randall Hill did never play wide receiver until he got to college. A lot of people don't know that. Alonzo Highsmith was not recruited as a running back and or fullback. He was on the other side of the ball. Yeah, he was a DB. He was a linebacker. You yeah. Were you were DBs, right? You were a DB. You were a DB, right? And I was a DB. Yeah. yeah. So this, this, I remember. So don't give me this. You know, I think that's a, you know, but you had guys on the team, you know, Think about it. Cortez Kennedy, Hall of Famer. He came from, came from a junior college. He was a junior college transfer. Yeah, look at Russell. One scholarship uh, offer. R- R- Russell Maryland, the Dancing Bear. I, I mean, again, this is not about talent. So I hate when people say, say that or, or, or even think that. This is about an attitude. An attitude that you don't want to lose, you refuse to lose. As a matter of fact, if you don't cover the point spread, you've, you you might as well count that as a loss too. That's the mentality you got to have. Cover the damn point spread. Do you know that under Dennis Erickson, I would get into arguments about not coming out of the game because even though we we win a game fifty something to to, to to nothing, because it's about embarrassing, it's about humiliating, and it's about just completely destroying, annihilating. Sports have now. It's didn't definitely it, not what you have now. down from Jimmy, though, didn't? Where did you guys get this from? Didn't it filter from him? That was his attitude. No, it, it, and it, your it, practice you, attitude was like you that. can go, you can go before that. You can go even before then. Right. Howard Schnellenberger, right. who believe in hard practices. Jimmy Johnson, we believed in hard practices. I mean, it got dangerous sometimes where they they were showing it like one or two plays because people were going to get hurt. I mean, people were going to get hurt. We practiced one year. I remember in 1988 in a tropical depression. <laughs> well, that's what hurricane players do. It's a different now they, have an, now. now they have an indoor <laughs> that, that can sustain the wind. So, <laughs> no, now they, now they got the ones against the twos. I, I used to watch you guys practice all the time, and I don't remember seeing that at all. It was, it was for you guys to get 30 yards in the scrimmage was a lot. It was just it was just beat the hell out of each other, and that was one of the topics we've talked about all off season. The Rozier went against the two defense. Of course, he's going to look a little better than Nikosi Perry going against the ones. What kind of what the hell was that all about? But well, it's an attitude. It is what it is. They don't have yeah, it. Is what it is. But I know Gary keeps saying that. Well, you know, he's not going any place to coach. Well, not not resigning and not retiring doesn't mean he belongs here. They're two separate and distinct issues. No, well, I, I agree with him. He ain't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So where so where does he go from here, Randall? How's how's he get this thing straightened uh-huh. out? I I wrote a column a couple of days ago that he need, he needs to um, take his son's coaching spot and bring in a veteran seasoned offensive coach that can help him because. It, trying to do it all himself is not working. Well, winners win and losers lose. Losers make excuses. I'm not in the uh, film room. If I was in the film room, different story. If I was helping out, different story. Then I could I can give you more of a of a uh, of, of, of an opinion. 
And the only thing we could do is speculate. But if you look at the University of Miami, at first, let's, let's, let's get the attitude together. Let's get the attitude right. Let's get the attitude together and have a winning attitude. I mean, a winning attitude is preparing during the week, having hard practices, and knowing that your practices are harder than the game. A winning attitude is right before the game, knowing that you're going to kick somebody's butt and you're thinking about where you're going to party after the game. That's a winning attitude. A winning attitude is not being afraid to say, oh, you know what, you can have the ball the first half, you can have the ball the second half to start, and we're still going to kick your butt. A winning attitude is being able to go out on the field and know that every single time that when you step out on the field, it's going to walk away with a W. That's first and foremost. Second, preparation. You know, you need to have the proper practices. Listen, people think practice makes perfect. That is incorrect. That is wrong every day of the week and twice on Sunday. No, perfect practice makes perfect. So you try to be, you try to have perfection in practice, and that carries over to the game. And finally, the intangibles. Instead of you having on the sideline the guys that 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 that, that were there, um, only when the athletic director was there, who who who, who know the University of Miami means everything to them. Have the have the guys on the sideline who not the ones who 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 giving money back to the University of Miami. If you look if you look at it, that's what they do. But have the guys there who have who have played hard, who have given to the University of Miami, historically have a vested interest in the University of Miami so that the current players can see that not only did these guys play here, but they've gone off and done better things and other things and have and still want to come back and you know, stand off to the side and support what we're doing on the field. Until you get those things in order, you're gonna you're gonna stand for and continue to have mediocrity. And that's what they've got. And it's it's just um, hard to watch and hard to believe that this is our team. But we're playing Duke on Saturday. Believe it or not, Randall. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows the outcome of this game. That's frightening. That game should be over in the first quarter, but it won't be. Listen, they're playing Duke. I will watch the first quarter. At, during the first quarter, I can I can tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose. You may know in the first two series. And once I see that, I, if I see what 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 if I see what I saw last week, I'm not watching the rest of that game. Why should I? Oh well, you're a university man. You guys support the university? No, I don't. I don't support uh, losing. I just don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't support losing. Listen, you know, this is a this is a uh, a, a podcast that I'm not going to touch because I don't want to cause any problems. But there was a great quote in the movie The Rock. Sean Connery was talking to Nicholas Cage. And he told Nicholas Cage what he had to do. And Nicholas Cage looked at Sean Connery and said, I'll do my best. And Sean Connery uh, turned around and said, your best? Losers do their best. Winners blank the prom queen. (laughs) Let me explain explain something to you guys. My wife was the prom queen. My wife went to the University of Miami. My wife is Phi Beta Kappa Honor Society, Chemistry University of Miami. My wife's a doctor. Yeah, 
Losers do their best. Winners blank the prom queen. I'm married to the prom queen, so go figure. And that's the attitude that you gotta have. And if you don't have that attitude, then 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 you're in the wrong business. Well, I I met your wife and I've known your wife and I've been in your house. Yeah, you definitely moved up. You, you of course you married up, man. You married. Yeah, up. and and my I mom told me. I don't love you, my buddy, but yeah, no, no. I know you're my mom. Oh yeah, and my wife is drop dead gorgeous and uh-huh. probably one of the smartest individuals that I've ever seen yeah, and, and met. And my mom told me at a young age. Don't bring any dumb women to this house. Okay, mom. <laughs> and my dad just kind of looks. My dad just kind of looks at her like, oh, Helen, you're just, you're too much. That's just. Yeah, but when are they gonna let? When are they gonna let you and your wife talk to these kids? And and you know, they would never just talk that. to them from they the heart. They would never do that. Blake James would never do that. He huh? would never do that. Mm-mm. Because he would, he, he would, with me coming in, he would think that he's losing his authority, so he doesn't want them to pay attention to me. Fuck it, he would never do that. Never, never. Well, you got a, you got a great never. message. I know, I know that um, I know that number thirty six is trying to reach out to the family. That I know. And number thirty six. Which one? Which one is thirty six? Thirty six wide receiver. Oh, it's Lamar. Lamar. Yeah, Lamar. I know he's trying to reach out to uh, you know, NP's family and then one or two other guys. I don't know if they're going to let him. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that for a fact. Yeah, I mean, he would he would be a great wide receiver yeah. coach there. Yeah. No, he's trying to reach out to uh, the quarterback. Family to talk to this kid. He wants to talk to the kid. They ain't gonna do that. They they won't they they won't let that happen. They won't let, they won't let it happen. happen. They, they, nah. Nor should they. Nah, nah. Nor should because, not, nor, nor should they. No no no. They should. You're wrong. You're yeah, absolutely yeah, wrong. Right. You're absolutely wrong. Yes. Yeah, no. They should because here's the thing. When we were coming through, we learned from the players that left because our coaches didn't have an ego like that. We learned from Michael Irvin. I mean, I played with Mike. We also learned from him when he left. We learned from um, Jerome Brown when he left. We learned from Vinny Testaverde when he left. We learned from these players, but they don't allow that anymore. Well, no, I'm not saying they, they shouldn't let Lamar them. talk to the team. I'm saying they, that it becomes problematic when single players start getting chosen out from the well, listen, you know, well he's reaching well, out to the family, not to the coaches. He wants listen, to let, the let, let, me, let me explain something to you. They're doing exactly what you're saying right now. And what you're saying is um, continues to do the same thing. And believe it or not, that is the clear definition of insanity. To, to, to continuously do the same thing and think you're going to get a different result. That's called nope. insanity. You better try something different. Yep. We got a formula. Same plus same <laughs> equals same. It buried Al Golden, and uh, hopefully Mark Rick doesn't follow it here. He's, he's at a crossroads. Look, look I, again, go look at the definition of insanity. I'm, I'm a student of the game. My parents are – my dad is a retired high school principal. My mom's a retired teacher. Insanity is doing the same thing and thinking you're going to get a different result. Okay, well, let's see what happens. Or get away with it, which is the quarterback's problem. He keeps doing stupid things. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, anyway, All right, guys. guys well, listen, hey, run. Randall, thank you so much, man. Thank you for giving us your time. Not, not a problem. No, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Buddy. We'll do it. Right, I'll, okay. talk to you. I'll talk to you. When we'll you make sure we do it again. Bruce, right. thank you. Um, you we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. And um, great segment, guys. Appreciate it. We didn't talk about Sicilian oven that much, but we got a lot going with Rams. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make up for that. Too. I'll make up for Sicilian in a, in a second. We'll, we'll, we'll give them their, all right. their bang. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Right. And don't forget, everybody, to go out to the game on Saturday because Stephen McGuire, they're going to announce him. He's already announced the Hall of Fame, but he called me before. He's in town. So, Gary, if you want to do something this week, Gary, we can have dinner with Stephen or lunch. 
All right, let me know. All, All right, right, guys. All right. Thank you. Take care. Yep. All right. All right, Randall Thrill Hill, Bruce Warner, Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment. Talking from the heart, man. He, you know, he had a lot of great things, a lot of great things to say. And, you know, just like you can feel the pain of the Canes fan listening to our callers on this show each week, you could feel Randall Hill's pain. And, and you know, I saw it on all those guys in Dallas and, and what a, what a showing, like you have no idea uh, the way those guys turned out for that game. And, and there was so much excitement and so much anticipation for the new season. And, you know, Vince Woolfork sitting in the front row, Michael Irvin, Edger and James, Clinton Portis, Randall Hill. I mean, you can go on and on and on like almost every great name in Miami hurricane football history made their way to Dallas to help this team usher in the new season. And when the team didn't even didn't, didn't show up the way that they anticipated, it was devastating for these guys, man. And, and, you know, you, you, you could feel Randall's pain, you know, as, as he spoke here tonight and uh, you know, the, I, I don't know. It's like the, the question is what, what do they need to do to get this thing headed back in the, in, in the right direction? I mean, that's all that it's about now. And uh, I hope Mark Wick, Rick has taken all those years of wisdom and uh, putting them to, to, to good use and isn't being in denial. And uh, it would be nice if they could finish nine and three. It'd be a consolation prize. But uh, come on, just go out, put four good game plans together, four good performances, show up at the stadium the way Randall's talking about, and let's get everybody back together again and pointed in, in the right direction. That's what we'd like to see. All right. So we got one hour left. A lot of you still to get on, and we're gonna we're gonna try to get to all you guys. I got a bunch of questions that were submitted on the message boards that I know I need to get to, and I, and I will try to try to do that as well. Uh, right now, let's go to the nine seven three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, Mr. Ross? Go ahead, get right to it, man. What you got for us? Listen, man, I'm glad glad Randall shut you down on. When you were trying to come soft. When no, no, not at all. I don't. The wait, only wait, thing, he, everything he said. Wait a minute, Ross. Everything he said, I agreed with one hundred percent. The only thing I don't well, agree with. Agree. Is I, Ross, Jesus Christ, don't make me have to turn your mic off to finish what I'm saying because you're trying to call me out. And I just want to clarify. The one thing he said that I did not agree with, of all the things he said tonight that I did agree with, was I don't think that former players should get involved to that degree where they're counseling families of kids on the team. That's to me that's that's but a little maybe bit they know something. The maybe they know something, Gary, that you don't. And that's and I I I also speak to Lamar. I also speak to Lamar, but I'm not gonna say anything about that. Cool guy. Love him. Maybe they know something Lamar that you best, don't and that's, that's why they want to reach out. So Lamar and I were co Lamar and I did radio shows together for years. Okay. Well what I'm saying, I know I I love that you guys used to do that the um Streaming before people start doing streaming, by the way. You guys did it at the little nice spot in Miami. I used to come in there and chill out and watch you guys. I used to watch you guys back in Jersey. You guys did streaming before people did streaming. Yep. You guys had yes, a great did. show. But listen, Gary, Gary I just love the fact that he shut that down and said no. All right, good. Go ahead, go ahead. That. Okay? What else you got? Go all right, so. All right. Now, what you know, Gary, you've been doing this all night, shutting people down, telling them they can't talk about Dude, I'm trying to keep the show, show moving. 
It's, it's not the Ross give a speech for 10 minutes. No, but that's Tell what I'm saying. I'm you got to I'm say, go, go man, go. Because I'm only I'm trying to admit it, Gary. Come on now. You're being unfair. Oh my God. You're being unfair. You got to be better than this. Ross, I'm, gonna come back to you. I'm coming back to you in a minute, okay? Get yourself together and get your thoughts on point, and we'll move, we'll, we'll move forward with you in a minute. Let's go to the 678. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's going on? What's going on, man? He doesn't understand. We don't have time for him to give speeches tonight. We got a bunch of you guys that want to right, talk. Uh, Go ahead. But, yeah, but this, this? thing, uh, this junkie. Look. Hey, what's up, junkie? How you doing, man? All right, I'm good, man. Like we, the, like everybody. Well, not everybody. It's a couple. You and a couple other people. You, you contradicting yourselves. Like we want to say we need to do this. We need to do this with the offense. We need to make the offense this. We need to make the offense that. But then we turn right around and say, oh, Nicole ain't ready. Oh, we need a grad transfer. Like, what's going to change when Kelly Bryant, who had 13 touchdowns and eight picks in a whole season with the best what, the best team in our conference? Like, what is he going to do different? Like, if, if we still come out in the same formations, run the same plays, do the same thing, the same person on those sidelines who's stubborn and hard-headed, when it's the same son who's his coach every day in practice. Like, really? What, what, what do we expect the grad transfer to do? And then, then we turn around and say, we don't really know what Nikosi can do. We don't. But we know when he were, when he was in the game, he won, he was 3-0. and We know he lit up um, the teams he played. We know he, he may have struggled and did this and did that. But in the Virginia game, this that clearly was something that had – been boiling over, just like the fact that he got suspended six months before the LSU game. Like, yeah, that's I mean, terrible, man. I mean, he came like, within so a whisker so of pulling him. If, if the defense doesn't get those turnovers at Florida State, he probably would have pulled them then. But, but my point is, they got the they got the turnovers against Virginia, and Malik didn't do anything. But my point no. is, this is what we want to do. We want to we want to put the short leash on the Tosi and take him away. And now we don't know what we're doing. Call for new quarterbacks. Call for guys who can't succeed on national championship teams. How are you gonna come and succeed with our O line? You can't succeed with Alabama O line with Jerry Judy and all those guys. And, but we want to say we don't have quarterbacks. Like we don't know what we have because we have like turmoil in the program. Thomas Brown. Like even he said it, he want to kick kids off the team and do all life, but you he can't even put a game plan together that's successful to beat teams like Virginia. Like it's like I said it last week, man. We can expect at least three to four more of these because nothing's gonna turn this around because the people at the top are not gonna turn anything around, man. And it's sad, like we're gonna lose all these. Well, we might not lose all the recruits, but like we're currently at nineteen. And with five and three, with the same record as Florida State and Willie Taggart, like how are we gonna recruit? Like what we going what what can we expect the good to come out of this? So season? far, it's All okay. So so far, it's okay. okay. Everything, you know, so far recruiting's okay. We just we just lost a guy who we had almost like in then to Alabama. It's not okay. We're in trouble. Well, they were gonna lose so him anyway, not, though, junkie. They were losing him anyway. Oh, really? So yeah, that that that, that was another one of those. That was another one of those bad Alabama deals, you know, where they make the kid pretend like he's going to Miami. I mean, we see it every year; it's a joke. Pretend like you're going to Miami. Keep 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 saying you're going to Miami. Keep telling Miami you're going to Miami, and then we'll tell you when it's time to make the announcement, and you're going to announce you're going to Alabama. It's like we see it every year. Oh, so it's a joke. Are they doing that with that? Are they doing that with that and um, Tyree? 
Uh, Don't know. Can forget those right? No, no, no. I think I think there's a great chance they get both Tyreek and Dent. I think they still got a shot. It's not at, not out of the question. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not uh, saying it's going to happen, but it's not out of the question. Do we do um is um? But all, all this now? noise and everything certainly doesn't help it. But um, this is what I'm saying. Like Gary, we in, we are in serious trouble, man. And it's like. What's gonna fix it? Don't know. Do you, I mean, <laughs> I mean I it's gonna take. What's gonna fix it is gonna be open-mindedness and 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 admission and, and not pretending like the problems that do exist exist. Because, like I said, there's a lot of good in that program and there's a lot of talent in that program, both on the playing field and in the coaching department. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. And there are things that need to be cleaned up. And he's got to do it. That's what it's going to take. He's got to clean it up, and he's got to clean it up in the right way. And if he does that, they got a shot. So the PowerPoint with Nicole Perry is off the field. Personal. It's a personal issue. I think it's an everything issue. That's, That's my opinion, based no, on what I've it seen. It can't be a talent. It can't be a talent and a, and a person who can make plays. Talent. Make that, talent is more than just throwing a pretty spiral, spiral, though, Junkie. Junkie, you but probably can throw saying. a pretty spiral sometimes, right? But I used to throw a great I mean, spiral to my kids now. in my prime, but that doesn't mean I'm, but you know, it's it's like it's more to it than Gary, that. Like Gary, we only have we only have thirty points in two games to show for Malik Rossler. I know That's it's a mess. But it's a total Dr. mess. Perry had different numbers, is what I'm saying. A, so the whole thing is a disaster, junkie. I no argument for me on that. You know more than what you've given us is what I'm. Maybe a little bit more, but I also know I also know this. That that team, after stinking up Dallas, was headed in the right direction after the Toledo game, and the head coach screwed it up. No, he was not. No, he wasn't. The best man has to play. I was there. I was in Toledo. I saw how that team. I saw how that team felt about itself after that game. Man, they were in a good. These kids were in a great state of mind after that game. And and their next two and the next two games up were FIU and North Carolina that they were going to win if you or I were playing quarterback junkie. So so what would make so you said it earlier you get you made an excuse you said oh after he hurt his shoulder he couldn't make not an excuse. I'm I'm just noticing he can't get the ball down the field. Aren't you seeing the same thing? The Toledo game was after the Pittsburgh game, correct? So if you're going to worship and praise him for what he did. In no, Toledo, I didn't say he was getting the ball down the field in that game either. He just excuse. he just played a good game. But I'm saying going but all the way back to Pittsburgh last year, he, he, <laughs> I mean, don't you see how he badly he's under throwing? He, he oh, can't man. get the ball down the field. That's been him ever since he first stepped in the, on the field. Had, no, he had some Pittsburgh. better throws than that last year. Come this on. This has nothing to do with him getting hurt in Pittsburgh. This is who this guy is, man. And you keep saying that, that he's a better Dunkey. option than the coach. If this program were right, Junk, if this program were right, that kid never ever would have been the starting quarterback of the University of Miami. It's not right. This program's not right. That quarterback room is not right. Right. Because the person, the two people who like singly responsible for it aren't right, man. They're not getting and it done. Sad. That's why. Like, that's why I said thing. he needs he needs help. He needs to hire another you know coach. What? You know what, Gary? You know what? Like, and, and I, I live in Atlanta. You know what? The whole everybody knock on Mark Rick is, and it's and it's and we looking at it right now. 
Bart Rick, he has a problem with black quarterbacks. Period. I'm gonna say it. DJ Shockey. That's it. Chunky. Chunky. We can say Charlie. He won. Okay. He won. We're didn't he win the Heisman Trophy with a black quarterback? Come on, man. No, that's more Bobby Bowden. The Heisman Trophy. Win. That was not Bobby Bowden. No. Come on, man. No. Come on. Junkie, don't don't turn this into a racial thing. Come on. Come on, man. Don't turn it into a racial thing. It's not a racial thing. I don't even want to recruit. I don't even want to recruit Deshaun Watson. Look, look at who you got. I'm Junkie, saying. look! Look at look right. at the quarterbacks on the right. team. Isn't Jaron Williams black? Isn't Jaron Williams black? I mean, come on, man! He, he don't take this down the he racial road. Playing. It's not a racial thing. Come on, man! Don't do Chris, that. Kristen Lemay, Kristen Lemay sat on the bench in Georgia. He, he wouldn't let him get on the field. He played every other quarterback. I mean, Maybe he wasn't the better quarterback. I, I, now you're sitting here to try to make an Elvis, argument that Mark Rick's a racist? He's coaching no, a football team that's 99% black, and you want to make an argument that he's a racist? Come on, junkie. Come on, man. Be better than that. What else you got? What else you got? What else? Come on. See how you try to twist my words? Well, you're like making a racial thing. It has nothing to do with race. Gary, you know good and well it's a problem with black quarterbacks that don't, that we don't see with white ones. Like, let's stop acting like you don't know that. That's why you don't see black black backups in the NFL. Junkie, all I see them recruiting are black yeah, quarterbacks. Look at the look at the quarterbacks. Other than Cade Weldon, they haven't recruited a white quarterback since they got here. But Cade Weldon has been on the field. Cade Weldon was a family connection. That's the only reason he's there. Right. Listen. Exactly. All they've recruited, the only quarterback they recruited this year was a black quarterback. Junkie, you're wrong. Move on. Next subject. Come on, man. All right, Junkie. Junkie, you got to move on or I got to let you go. You got to move on. Next subject. You got got anything else? I don't have anything else. All right, man. Hey, thank you as always for being part of the show. I will. Reconsider that, though. don't, Don't accuse somebody of racism. Come on, man. I mean, that's all he's recruiting is black quarterbacks. He's not, he's not um, discriminating against Nicozy Perry because he's black. Come on, man. Actually, it, I, I'm trying to remember what Rozier – I think Rozier is at worst half black. I mean, and, you know, Jaron Williams is black. And the Michael Johnson kid they recruited this year is black. Come on. That, come on, man. Please be better than that. All right. Ross, this is your last shot. Give it to us. That's the last shot. Ross, let this me is it, man. You got to give us some topics. I want you to get right to the point. I'm Go. Gonna, what do you I'm got? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Go. You, you, you're Go. getting mad at other people, then you can't mad at me. But Go. Anyway, Come on. It's a coach. I'm going. It's a coaching situation going on on the team. He's failing everybody, the fans and everybody, by not getting these kids coached up. Dallas made the same mistake last year. And this year, that's a coaching issue. You got to let that ball go out of bounds. That's being coached up. That means uh, he made some great runs. But what I'm saying, every, you got to be on point when you're trying to win road games, not being coached. Think about this. You was on, you was on the field. We had an um, extra point, or they had an extra point where they kicking the, um, they scored and they're, they're kicking for the one point. We're offside. Were we not offside three times? Three times. 
coaching issue, Gary. Then he gets on today in his press conference, and he's blaming the kids. That's insulting. That is insulting. He is failing us as fans. He's failing those kids. You didn't hear. You didn't hear him say a lot, it's coaching. Because he, he, he caught, he caught himself. He realized, he, Gary. He realized that he was making it sound like he was doing the kids. Yeah, no, and he but, caught himself. You know I, I agree. But you know what? You talk about what you, you. The first things you say is what you mean. Okay. The first. Okay, you. Can well, he, he, you was, he was aware. But, he was aware of it enough to say. But you coaching, know what? He threw it out there. Which, which it is. We agree. It is a lot of it is coaching. Yeah, so just say what it is. You can't be throwing these kids on the bus because you know why? I know you like to kill me and try to tell me I'm not talking to people in South Florida, but I am. These coaches down there did not like what happened today. A lot of people saw that, and it got back to them. The ones who didn't see it, it got sent to them. And they're very disappointed in them, Gary. They're very disappointed. He's blaming the kids. High school coaches don't like that. You're not being a stand-up guy right now, um, Mark Rick. He's not being a stand-up guy. Okay? And, okay, as far as recruiting quarterbacks, we got to go get a grad transfer, but we also got to go get a four-star type kid for the 2019. Don't tell me about that 20 kid because that's another family situation. That's another – we don't know what that kid is. You've got to bring in talent. It's delicate, yeah, delicate. No doubt. See, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. With, that's, as fans, hey, Gary, you also said um, these guys, four or five or six guys didn't uh, – as far as teams didn't – didn't score a lot on the road, and that's why they lost. Gary, that's BS. We have back-to-back weeks when we don't score 20. I, as soon as you said that, I got on my phone, and I looked at those guys that lost, that was ranked. Gary, they scored over 15 and 20 points. We're the, uh, Gary, are we, the, are we the only team in the ACC? That's probably uh, as far as scoring-wise. Are we the low-scoring team in the ACC, Gary? I'd have to look it up. You want to say, Wake Forest scored more than us, Gary. That's embarrassing. That's called failure. And you and the fans are frustrated and you're telling us not to come on here and say certain things. Why not? We're frustrated. You're, I mean Randall, I'm saying don't don't inject race into it. What's wrong with that? No, nah, that's you think that, I'm, who's, who's, I didn't Like you think we should be that's, injecting that's, race into this? Like come on, no, man. No, no. Don't don't touch Okay, me well that's that. all I'm saying. I'm not telling people what to say yeah, and not say. I'm just saying, like, don't be, don't be stupid. Like, that's ridiculous. He's discriminating yeah, against but, black quarterbacks when all he does is hey, recruit man. black quarterbacks. Hey man, I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at what's, what's being coached up. And and, and and listen, I'm not even, a, I'm not even on the team basketball. I'm not even a basketball guy, a fan of the team basketball wise. But I'm going to ask you this though: the kid carry that you guys are trying to get, why won't you let him come on his on his visit around? He lives in the area. I'm a basketball guy. Why wouldn't you let him come on his visit or unofficial tonight when you have a basketball game? Why would you come come on a weekend where there's nothing going on? The team was on the road. I didn't get that. What is that all about? Gary? Let's cut me off. Did the time cut? Yo!
Oh, hey, sorry about that, guys. I hit I hit I hit the wrong button. Let, let's go. <laughs> sorry about that. Let's go to the uh, eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Not doing good. I just hit the wrong button. So who's this? Call tonight, man. I enjoy. I, it's Rod, man. I don't know. What's what you got, man? Talk to us. Uh, I enjoy it again. I'm thrilling them, but um, uh, here's my concern, Gary. Um, I know everybody's talking about the, the play calling and whatnot. But my concern is there's two types of coaches when it comes to offense. There's those that can adapt to the personnel that they have and call plays that suited to that to put the players in the position to succeed. And there's other coaches that have to just run their system. And it seems that, that Rick is, is, is that type of coach. And that's the concern that I think a lot of us have with that. So would you, would you agree with that? I would. He, that's definitely what he's doing. He's running a system. And, you know, it, it's, it becomes problematic, I think, when it be, when it when it involves Nicosi. Uh, Nicosi, from what and and I I mentioned this early in the show. I talked to a lot of football people. I really trust the last few days about this. Nicosi, to to what they were telling me, is the kind of quarterback you got to build a system around what he can do, and uh, that's definitely not what's going on here now. And I don't I can't blame Mark Rick for that. I, you know, I mean. You know, I really can't. It's not like they went into the season when the Cozy is the only quarterback. The Cozy was suspended for the LSU game, and you know they're going yeah. in, you know, with with Rozier as the quarterback. And you know, you've got a lot of talent on this team: running backs, receivers, tight ends that deserve to run a full, real offense. And 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 you know, I don't think you could stop everything right now because and and try to build a system for Nicosi. So I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I have no idea. Even with that, if you look back to the beginning of the season with LSU game, what improvement has the offense made from that point to now? I mean, we're in game nine now. It, none. They, they were making improvement. That's what I was talking about. They were making improvement until Toledo and until they, they started this quarterback nonsense. And it's been downhill since. It's ridiculous. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know where – even in the future, if we don't make, uh, uh, if he don't bring in some help, where's his offense going? Because even even when he was at Georgia, the type of offense that he has to run, it requires two, he had two big time backs and a, and a huge offensive line. Mm-hmm. And even if we do build a team to get to that point, that kind of team that ain't gonna beat Bama in a pro style offense. He never he didn't do it at, at Georgia. So what's that, what's, what makes you think you go, that type of offense is gonna beat the top notch yeah. teams anyway? The type of team that beat Alabama are the teams that run the spread type offense that move their offenses around, like Ole Miss, Texas A&M when they had Johnny Manziel, Clemson. Those are the type of offenses that beat Alabama, and we don't run none of that. We won't, we won't move receivers around. We won't uh, move Jeff. He's our best player around. We can't even get, we can't get him the ball. He, he's bracketed in the fly. He, at least run him on the something. Yeah, he's done nothing since exactly. Florida's taking. It's just, so. it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. So, and I understand yeah. the, the the former players are pissed. It ain't just the fans are pissed. I know they hear it from the former players too. So, I mean, if, if I mean everyone's everyone's pissed. There's nobody yeah. happy about what's going on right now. So we'll see what happens this week. Hopefully they they win this yeah, game and can happens. build build on it. You know. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Yep. I'll talk yep. to you next week, Gary. All, right. All right, man. Thank you.
All right, let me uh, attack a couple of these questions really quick because there were some really good ones submitted this week. Um, everyone's screaming about first down, but isn't it also the automatic runs on second down that are stagnating the offense? Uh, only remember one or two instances where there were passes on second down. You know, watching the game live, that was my impression. I saw a lot of failures, like decent play calls on first down, gained seven yards, and then run it up the middle on second down and blow up the whole series. Now you're in third down, and, you know, you're, you're hit or miss on third down. And, and I thought I was seeing the same thing. Then I went back and looked a little closer, and honestly, there's a little bit of everything. There's first down failures, second down failures. They were 8 of 20 on third and fourth down against Boston College. So to me, the biggest thing is a lack of consistency in absolutely any area of the game. I don't, I don't think it's any one thing. I, I, I think it's every single thing. Based on the article that I wrote about the John Rick dilemma for Mark Rick, um, sounds like the, the biggest mistake that Rick made was hiring John Patsky as the 10th coach uh, to co- help coach the linebackers. Um, the defense was getting along the way it was. Maybe he could have used that for an offensive slot. And uh, I think you could definitely look at that. When we had this discussion about the 10th coach uh, before that position was added, I said back then that I saw issues with the offense and that I thought that he needed a veteran offensive guy, that that was going to be his best possible hire, somebody that could help him game plan and there could be a experienced set of eyes in the press box on game day. And uh, he went in the other direction. He gave Manny Diaz help with the linebackers, which is fine. But, you know, like I wrote a couple of days ago, I think he really needs some help on offense and uh, hopefully he comes around and sees it that way. And he gets that help for himself. And we're not having this conversation a year from now. So we'll see what happens. All right. I'll get to some more of those as we go forward. Let me go now. To the two five six, you're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Yo, as usual, man. This is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? How you down doing this here. week? Talk, talk to us, bro. I mean, I mean, I'm down here in the SEC country, so I mean, you know, obviously, I'm not doing too well. I mean, you know, every team down here is doing pretty decent for the most part. Uh, but uh, just a couple of things I want to tackle real quick. Uh, actually, starting with tackling, still a lot of arm tackling, Gary. Yes. I mean, I I swear it was like the defense, and I said it last week, just like I said with Mark Rick Jr. or whatever about. I mean, what is he doing? But anyways, like I was saying with the arm tackling, they look scared to tackle Dylan and the second string running back. I don't care if it's cold or not. I mean, it's just – and that's why when you said Randall Thrill Hill was coming on the show, I listened to him call in to the after show after the game was over on WQAM. And I swear, like, we are a very passionate fan base, Gary. I mean, I don't care. Like, I swear we got the best fan base, but we also got some, like, some crazy people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you think? Every fan base. But, I mean, it's it's just because we're so passionate. Like, we love Miami, man. And just listening to Thrill Hill on WQAM and tonight, I mean, he doesn't change. He doesn't teeter at all. He's the same guy. And yep. just like on Saturdays when we 
want those dogs out there, just like Gerald Willis. He's a dog. He gets the he gets to the football. We need everybody else to be like that. Whether they three star, two star, I don't care, man. Like and I every single I've week, I've been tired. I've been tired of people all five star, all this and that. I don't care. It's just like I tell these guys that I work with. I'm a manager, and I tell them it takes effort, bro. That's all it takes is effort. Like, if I see you putting forth effort, whether you're the best or you're the sorriest, even the sorriest, if there's somebody good and they see somebody sorry putting forth effort better than somebody that's a four-star, you can't tell me that they ain't like, bro, I like what you're doing. But, hey, if such and such did that, then, hey, oh, my God, what would we be? But like I was saying, the arm tackling, they were scared to tackle. We got to wrap up. Uh, we got the same play calling, Gary. If you ever pay attention to the other team's linebackers, whenever we send in Homer or Dallas in motion to get up beside Rozier, Perry, whoever, they move every now and then. One linebacker will move up in that gap and be ready for the dive because they know it's coming. Next thing, we don't look motivated at all. The body language is all staying coming out flat like all oh, certain people is just looking like they afraid or they just shouldn't have that you on. I mean, it's I mean, maybe I just feel different, but hearing these people tonight, we all feel the same way. Like I say, we passion. We got uh a lot of the uh a play calling whenever we putting somebody in motion. Instead of putting Homer in motion to come up beside Rosier or whoever why don't we run the wide receiver across to the other side to see what these linebackers and the safeties is doing and then run a fake to him and then, you know, give it to the RB or QB keeper. You know, I got to try up. to get to the bottom of this motion thing. I really do. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it a point to get to the bottom of this motion thing and why that, why they're not using more motion. Cause we talk about it every week. Exactly. And as far as the extended contracts, I mean, all of that, we've seen it with Golden. We see it with uh, Rick. I mean, you see minimal progress, just like with Golden. You know, I think 7-5 and five or something next year, 9-4 and four with Rick, you know, same, same similarity. So it's like, okay, extend. Whatever. We got to do better regardless if it's extended or not, whoever. I mean, they're saying it's the higher-ups. I mean, you got to open up your eyes, man, because if people start flying banners again, I mean – and that's where I see it going to. And I hate that because we're all passionate and we want us to win. Like, I mean, everybody wants to see Miami do better. I mean, and as far as the O-linemen, if if I'm going to fire somebody, get the damn O-line coach out of there then. I mean, yeah. come on. He's somebody got to put a helmet on somebody. We We acting too scary to be the University of Miami, man. Like, I swear, and it, it really, like, as much as I want to turn the game off, I'm just like, you can't you can't turn the game off. You can't quit on your team. And my son, he plays soccer. He wants to play football. And I'm telling them when they're out there, even if they lose it, uplift your teammates. Come on, we're going to win this. I mean, somebody's got to step up. There ain't never – I don't know when there's been a leader on offense. It wasn't Brad Kaya. It wasn't – I mean, somebody's got to step up. Just like Travis Homer, Travis Dallas. Homer's trying to step up. DJ Dallas is trying to step up. Tyler Gauthier yeah, I mean, is it, trying to step up. They're trying, man. You you see it more with DJ, like like Randall said, as far as him being 
a Miami guy. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. and you see Trajan Bandy, like, you know, saying, you know, I got your back, coach. Just, you know, leaning on Mark Rick during the game. I mean, there's changes that need to be made, but, I mean, you got to put forth the effort to make the changes. If you see something's wrong, I mean, fix it. Otherwise, you're yep. going to see well, the that's, same That's going to be his test in the off season. In the meantime, one, they got – they got four games here. They got to win. They, you know, they can't make changes until they get through these games. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right. Keep me on. All right. You got it, man. All right. Hey, guys. Let me take a moment to tell you about one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in South Florida. You've heard me talk about them all season long. You've heard me talk about them tonight also. And that's Sicilian Oven. And uh, I don't have to tell you how there's hundreds of pizza places all over town where you can go get a slice, but there's no place like Sicilian Oven, absolutely no place. They have six locations throughout South Florida, and at Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu and um, recipes that have been handed down from generations of the DeSalvo and Garavuso families and you know, that home Italian cooking really shows through down and you start trying some of the different things and uh, it's really special stuff. And it begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings and expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you'll find at the nearest corner. And I know a lot of you guys love wings. Uh, you don't need to go. This isn't Hooters, man. You go to Sicilian Oven and eat their wood-fired rings. They're marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices. And they're served with caramelized onions. Really, really, really good stuff. They offer a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant to mussels to fire-roasted shrimp. They have soups, salads, sandwiches, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you'll find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. This weekend, you got a 7 o'clock game, Hard Rock Stadium. Go to Sicilian Oven's Plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive on your way to the stadium. Or if you're coming from the east, go stop by the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. Need a place to eat some great food and watch a road game? There's other locations at Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs on Sample Road on 101st, and in Boca Raton. And the new location on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale has a full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You're not only going to love the taste, you're going to taste the love. Let's get back to your calls now and let's go out to the 202. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? This is Deuce from D.C. Hey, what's up, Deuce? What you got for us? Shoot. You got to stop saying that they made a horrible decision going to Perry. They didn't make a horrible decision. No, they made a horrible decision creating a quarterback circus. He could have played both of them the way he did against FIU. There was no reason to prove this. First first and foremost, he hurt his shoulder against North Carolina, not Pittsburgh. Second of all, he went to Perry because he knew he had to throw the ball down the field, and he can't do it with Rozier. He's not then why'd he go back? Then why'd he go back? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. He's not a coach that schemes. He's a coach that reps. He feels like his play should work against any defense, but you gotta perfect it with reps. What's going on is 
they can't – all 11 men can't execute because the defense knows what play is coming. So if, if I'm a boxer and you know what combination is coming, it's not that I'm not executing. You know what's coming. You can look at the game and see what plays are going to be called. He called slant after slant after slant. The, the interception, it was on a slant. He kept throwing square ends, no digs, but just ends because Malik yeah, but can't throw but the isn't ball that down screwing the field. up any quarterback? That has nothing to do with the quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm no, saying, I'm saying, why did he go back? He he went he went back because for whatever reason, well, well in my opinion, he went back because uh, Nikosi changed the play against Virginia, and he didn't like that because, it, in in my opinion, Malik plays for both teams. He helps the other team out more than he helps out Miami. Because you know what he's going to do. You know he can't throw certain certain throws. He can't make throws into certain windows. So only thing, all you do is you play his own or you hang a defender down. You crowd the box and make him beat you with his arm. He can't do that. And it's the offense is so predictable. And, and Rick is very, well, you're very talking about two I problems. I totally agree with you. I mean, it is too predictable. And it's not good enough. And he needs help. I agree with you on all those fronts. I don't agree with you on this, on this quarterback circus. It's an absolute nightmare. It's polarized the fan base. You got people accusing him of being a racist over it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, that's foolish. That's foolish. No, it's foolishness, that's but that's what's going on. And it's going on because yeah, he yeah. created this mess. Okay, yeah, but he created it because he knew he wasn't going to beat any when, – when, when Malik he knew he wasn't going to beat anybody that I agree with. Yeah, because he knew he wasn't Toledo, he had to run the football to win. He knew that he yeah. wasn't going to be able to run the football against anyone else other than Toledo to win. So he put Nicosi in because he knows I got to go downfield. But I, I think he was thinking even bigger than that. I think he was thinking, how can I get this team good enough to compete with Clemson? That's what I think he was thinking. Exactly. Ex- exact. Just like Clemson did with trying to move on from Kelly, he was trying to do the same thing. Yeah, but, but he doesn't have Trevor Lawrence. That's the only difference. To- <laughs> Very true, and, and Perry made mistakes that basically took that away from him. But I just want to get to this so I can get out of your hair. I didn't know that he was this arrogant as far as his scheme. Gary, he hasn't called plays in 10 years. Where, where, where are you getting this confidence that this is going to work? Football has changed so much over the last five years, let alone 10, 15. And he keeps thinking running these same damn plays is going to work, and it's not going to work. You have to run, run I, game. I told you last week. Run game, they're running the same stuff everybody's running. It's it's the passing game that's that's yeah, but you, it's about that. when you run it. They know you're running I, I on second down. They know when the when the when the running back motions to the opposite side to the left side, the play's going to the. They know these things, and then you were talking about BC's offense. BC did that because they came off a. Uh, I don't know if they came off a bye, but they knew they had plenty of time. They've been scheming up for this game the whole year. For the Red Bandana game against Miami, they've been scheming up that game for basically the whole summer and the whole year. No doubt about it. We didn't do anything different in, in a bye week. We didn't do no anything doubt about different. it. You, you cannot keep running the same thing with this horrible quarterback no. and think things are going to change. You're absolutely right. You saw you – know, and it looked it didn't look that way. It, it looked exactly the yeah. way you just described it. Absolutely. I mean, Boston College absolutely. came out, and they that, that offensive coordinator was unbelievable. I mean, the way – He knew exactly he, what we were going to do. Oh, my God. He, it was he, one of the best offensive game plans I've ever seen. Exactly, because they, 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 they worked on this all spring and summer. They had to take this, – just like if you ever think about this, we're 6-8, and eight, or six and, I think 6-8 and eight against a uh, – or what, 2-6 and six in our last eight against Power 5, right? Because 
enough film came out on Rozier to where they know how to stop him. That's why. Yeah. That's that, we we were winning with fool's gold last year. We we, we no won doubt. a lot of games we were supposed to lose, right? But then they got they, they definitely they, they definitely knows. yep. No doubt. What's different? It's nothing different with the offense. The, and and this is my last thing, and I'll and I'll get out your way. Any other team that Jeff Thomas or Mike Harley or or Mark Pope goes to, the offensive coordinator is going to scheme up ways to get him the ball. Mark Rick feels like my offense will take care of that. But what he doesn't understand is, yeah, in 1999 or 2004, sure, because you weren't playing quarterbacks that were in their first year or their second year. You were playing more talented quarterbacks, older quarterbacks. They've been in that system for three or four years, and they knew how to make reads. Now with the spread offenses, you're not really reading a defense as much as the coach is telling you where to go. So he's trying to run a spread concept, but he's trying to get the, the, the reads to tell the player where to go. When they're taking away one, two, and three, what does the quarterback do? That's why you see Rosier put the ball down and start running around in circles, you know, till he gets killed. He never looks downfield because his thing is they took all three reads away. Nobody can be open. That's why he doesn't look downfield because the offense is telling him where to go. Well, when they cover it, because we, we can't get separation because they take his arm for granted. He throws nothing over the middle. Think about this. When is the last time you've seen him throw a deep out, a dig, a post, a comeback, anything. You've never seen him throw anything other than a bomb, nope. a slant, or maybe a bubble. And when is the last time we faked the bubble and went downfield? You're right. I I can't remember. This, this guy is nuts. He really thinks that these plays worked 30 years ago. Yeah, but everybody knows that you're only running 10 plays out of your playbook because your quarterback sucks. So why not yep. go to use both of them? At the end of the day, use both of them. Use the both of them. I agree. Balance. That's what he should have done. Correct. Malik, use both Malik of them. Those two interceptions, he's on the sideline looking like nothing happened. Perry, those two interceptions, he yanks them, boom, just like that. He didn't do anything yeah. in Virginia that warrants him never going back in the game. I'm sorry. Well, Malik I think he did a lot in the Florida State game that, that, that wasn't right, that nobody thinks about okay, because, I, they, because they won. That's all. I understand that, but what yeah. Malik does is – is is not better than what Nikosi does. Period. It's as no, they, they're both average. The, exactly. So play both of them because play them both. Exactly. That's all. That's exactly what I've been saying. Play them both. Don't create this absolute circus. You know. And Use the leg. Really, he's he, he's dumb enough yeah. to run and get killed. So run him and let him get killed. Get get yards. He was the leading rusher the other night. He was the leading rusher the other night. Had ninety yards. Picked up ninety yards. We ran all of these dives on third and one and fourth and one, right? When have you seen the, the fake dive have back pitch off of that? It's no misdirection. It's no counter. We're going the same way. We're going no straight variation. Left, straight right. Yep. Straight, right. No variation. And he nope. has the nerve to turn his nose up. Yo, football is a game where when you see it, it's, you, it's not lying to you. There's no deception involved. What you see on the field is what's happening. Yeah. Like like the caller said, 60% of the time the guys are running or, or, or basically taking care of their assignments, right? Why does our office have to be the only office in the country where everybody got to do the right thing every single play in order to get five yards? We're not talking about 80 yards. We're talking about five yards. We can't get yep. we can't score in four plays because everybody didn't do anything right. Boston College was blowing assignments left and right, but the scheme and where they were going was getting us you know, hitting us where it hurt. We do nothing. We take. We we don't do anything to put the defense, you know, uh, in stress. 
Everything is so yep. easy. We, Gary, me and you could come up with a scheme to stop Miami's offense. Probably. Going. All right, man. Thanks for, thanks for the call. Okay, a couple more questions real quick. How much pressure is Mark Rick really feeling, and will he overhaul the offensive side of the ball? From the outside, I don't think he's feeling a ton of pressure at all. Um, I think the greatest pressure comes from the disappointment that he's having to manage within the team. And we saw some of that today. I'm sure you read the articles on the website. And I mean, this whole year has been a total debacle starting, you know, like I've been saying with the creation of this quarterback circus and it expanded onward from there. And they've got four games left and they got to somehow find a way to rein it in and, and get it back together. But I think that's where his biggest pressure is coming from internally from, you know, I haven't tried to manage a bunch of really disappointed players. Um, does he have the courage and enough love for the program to relinquish his play calling role um, and bring in a young, experienced, creative, up and coming OC? Well, I hope you mean bring in an experienced veteran OC who has been through the wars and done it. I, I don't I don't think the situation calls for a training ground here for young coaches. Uh, it calls for a freaking killer. A guy that can come in that understands offense, understands what works and doesn't work, can help him game plan, can help him call plays on game day, and more than anything, can help him start recruiting elite quarterbacks so that the quarterback room looks – it's never going to look like it did when Mark Rick played and there was Jim Kelly, Bernie Kozar, and Vinny Testaverde sitting there next to him. But at least get it moving in that direction where you're playing with quarterbacks that are going to at least get drafted when they're finished with their career in Miami. Why do coaches continue to struggle here? Coker, Shannon, Golden. Now, Rick, it's a tough job, man. It's a tough job. The expectations are off the charts. You're expected to contend for the national title every single year. And if you slip up, you have segments of this fan base. They're going to turn on you in a nanosecond and create the absolutely most horrible, uh, tension-filled environment uh, around your team that you have to navigate through. It's a tough job. Uh, it's kind of painful to watch in moments like this right now, to be honest, but uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Let's go to the 484. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing great, man. Shoot. I got a bunch of guys I got to try to get on here in 15 minutes. Talk to uh, me. I let him go, let him go on. It's Philly. Hey, man, that last caller, he pretty much hit a lot of stuff on the head. I really can't. Like, he was good. Yeah, that's why I let him go for a few minutes. He was yeah. good. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously going to say what he said, but he didn't basically put it already out there. Um, the only thing I've got right now is he really, it really is nothing he really can do, I mean, uh, basically up until the end of the season. Um, the only thing he really can do now is, is go ahead and play Jaron Williams. I mean, it makes no sense. We got a, a Army All-American, you know, 5.9 rival sports star who's been, been, been here since the spring, and he hasn't played yet. You know, I look at, like, like like Clemson, you know, Dabo had last year. He had Kelly Bryant, who was a who was a junior. He also had um, Zarek Cooper, who was a 5.9 four star as well, was a redshirt freshman. And he had Hunter Johnson, the, the five star. Both of them transferred, but he had all three of them last year, and all three played. So you know, at some point, if you don't think you know Cody the answer, you know we know Rosier not the answer because Rosier's is horrible. So he got to go ahead and you know and play Jaron as well, you know, and then you know at the end of this year. Go ahead and make some changes. You know, get yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Go ahead. He could play in three more games and get a red shirt. So we'll see. But then the thing is, like, why? But the thing is, like, 
I mean, why is he not ready to play? I mean, that, that's a that's a. Um, he was banged up a little bit. With, 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 He's banged up a little bit in the middle of the season, and then and then once you get into game planning, your your ones are getting most of the reps in practice. There's just, there's just not enough practice time to worry about developing your third string quarterback. But that's the thing. It's like he, it's like he's sitting here trying to you know like it, like like I, I I put an article I put like a little uh, message on the, on the board where I said the smart thing for what to do is to go ahead and you know and and you know hire off of the coordinator and I got into you know. Basically, um, the whole they basically messed up the whole quarterback thing when he got here because it made no sense that when he got here they had no plan at all of what quarterback they wanted to get. They they like, like I, I put on there when when Chad Morris left Tulsa and went to Clemson. You know when he first got there they identified Deshaun Watson when Deshaun was a sophomore. You know Mark Rick been in Georgia 15 years. You had uh, Fields who was a sophomore. In 2015, you had um, Lawrence, who was a sophomore as well, and yet you had no relationship with either one of them or their coaches. And you come to Miami, and you don't reach out to them. You know, Willie Tiger goes to Willie Tiger leaves Oregon and goes to uh, Florida State, and he he immediately jumps on field. But yet Mark Rick makes no attempt to go out the field. I mean, that, that makes no sense to me, especially when you've been in Georgia all that time. So I think, you know, he, he, ha- he has to – at the end of this season, because because we're we're looking at like an Al Golden type situation, we're looking at him being stubborn. You know, he, he like the caller said, he feels that my plays should work. I should put you know, um, I should put um, Thomas at the at the like in the slot. I put you know um, this person at the at the wide person X. You run my plays, Malik. You execute the offense, and it's going to work. It's not. You know, we we heard the same excuses from Al Golden every year. You know, the offensive line has not been the same for three years. The first year, when they got here, they had Trevor, they had uh, Darling, a left, a left tackle, McDermott at um, left guard. Then then next year, they switched it, and they moved McDermott to left tackle and put Darling at guard. And let me go, I mean, I'm saying is every single year, we had different um, offensive linemen. Three yeah, years, and when you look at the drop-off this year, whoever would have imagined that those guys were so valuable. I mean, like, you'd love to have Darling and McDermott now, right? But think about this, Gary. You have essentially two five-star, um, five-star linemen on your right side. Um, uh, Donaldson and Skate were both 6.0 rivals, four stars, basically five-star players. And yet, you can't get no push. You can't get nothing. But yet, these None. guys dominated. No push. They dominated during the circuit. And 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 they yeah, I, mean, I can't. So that's, that's, they that's get no push. Game. You're absolutely right. No push. But, but, but to me, but, but to me, that's an indictment on Searles. Because, first of all, why did it take Searles a whole year to realize, okay, why do I have Trevor Darling at left, at left, um, left tackle, and then, and then next year I put him at left guard? That makes no sense. And why are we still subbing Ryan? Like, no team does that. Nobody no team, does that. Like, I no agree. Team during the game, Drives me crazy. You don't see, like, like, I was watching Boston College and Virginia. I never saw not one of their linemen sub out. But, yeah, we're subbing left guards. We're taking um, Donaldson moving from right tackle to right, from right guard to right tackle, back to right guard. I'm like, who does this? Like, Rick needs to look. Rick needs to go ahead and say, okay, who do I have? Let me go ahead and play, you know, what I got. My last thing is it makes no sense that we cannot feature our our skilled players. You know, I, I sit here and watch college football, like, every, every single Saturday. You see all these kids. Like I saw, I saw um, Isaiah Ford from South Florida go to Virginia Tech 
and he balls out. You see, um, you know, Jay Judy, um, Amari Cooper. You see, you see, uh, Ridley. They go to they go to uh, Alabama. They get featured. You see, um, Steve Ishmael, he won, who won the Miami offer, then get from Al Golden, go to Syracuse, and Dion Babers, you know, basically features him and he balls out. You know, you you got you got the two kids from Hollandale, or it's like three kids from Hollandale. They're over there in Utah, um, um, Huntley and uh, Moss, and they got them balling out. But yeah, our five stars, our stop for the ballers, can't see the ball. Like it makes no sense that Pope, Pope who tore up the circuit, who was a five star, has not catched. Got to catch that. It, it makes no sense that you, that we can that Rick is not featuring these guys. You know, you're not running bubble screens, no motion. Like the the offensive coordinator for Boston College, Scott Lofer. He 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 when when Gus when Gus Malzahn left and went to um, Arkansas State, um, um, a Chiswick hired him. He was garbage at Ar- Auburn, and then Chiswick got fired. And then next year Scott Lofer went to Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech tried to run him out. But yet yeah, he didn't do great uh, he, there he, either. He was, but, but but yeah, but yet here he goes to Boston College, and now um, Steve Steve Adagio, who was uh, Urban Meyer's offensive line coach, and then later on. As the Dan Mullen left, he became a reminder for the coordinator. They designed a game plan to say, okay, look, we got linemen and we got tight ends and we got power back. And they ran all kind of motion, um, reverses, all kind of stuff that confused our defense. And yep. I mean, Rick, what's he, what's he doing? Come out, okay. We're running three We're running three receivers in the pistol on the plat. I'm going to have Comer go to the left or the right. My receivers want going to stay in your position, run your route, get open. And then you got a quarterback. I mean, this is a, like, Gary, this is the first time that I saw Rick actually call um, a shallow cross. Wiggins coming from the left from the left to the right on like a three-yard shallow cross pattern. And what happens? Rozier throws high and behind me, right in front of me. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. But that, that's pretty much all I got, man. Like, like, all right, Philly, guy, man. Awesome, to... awesome points, awesome call. Give us a call next week. All right, a couple more quick questions. Um how can the program change direction? I think all you can do is win Saturday and build on that. I mean, look back to 2016. They lost four straight, won 15 in a row after that. So, you know, you can bounce back from disappointments if everybody keeps a positive attitude and you don't let the team become unglued from within. And that that's the battle they're facing right now. A lot of noise from the outside. Um, you know, no predictions. But, um, I mean, I've been totally stunned by how inept this team has looked at times this year. It's really tough to explain. Uh, a great deal of it obviously points to some of the coaching, but uh, all you can do at this point is try to win the last four, and it starts with one at a time. Beat Duke and try to build on it. Uh, we need Bryant or Hurts, someone who's been there before. Anything going on? I totally agree. Uh, I'm not sure anything's going on yet. We'll see what happens there. Um, coaches who went on to be successful at the same school after they were forced to fire and replace the staff, that simply does not work. And I don't expect to see that here. I don't think Blake James is going to start trying to dictate what goes on with the coaching staff and telling Mark Rick what to do. His attitude is, I pay Mark Rick $4 million plus to run the football program. Uh, these are Mark Rick's decisions. Um, how likely is it that he makes a move and hires an offense coordinator? I mean, I think it's 50-50. He can't be blind 
to the struggles that are going on right now, and, and the da- more than anything, the damage that it's doing to him personally. And uh, so I think it's not what he's going to want to do, but I think there's a chance that he'll come to that um, realization and um, consider making a move like that. All right, we've got about four minutes of show left, so I'm going to try to get to a couple calls. No chance we're getting everybody tonight. Sorry, guys. Um, doing the best I can here. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Who's this? Hey, it's still everything 305. I'm still on. The oh, line. I already got you, man. No, I can't put you back on again next week. So let's go to the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? 770, going once. Hey, Gary. Yes, who's this? Hey, this is John. Hey, I just want to say no. one thing. You know, I want to set the record straight for you and all of those that are listening, saying that we don't have elite quarterbacks in our room. How how you know we don't have elite quarterbacks? How you know? We well, don't we don't right now. If Jaron Williams were elite, I think he'd be playing. If he were elite right well, now, well, then he's, if he's not being given the opportunity to play and develop, how can you say he's, he's going not to? Elite? He's going to get the huh? opportunity in, in spring practice. He's going to get the chance. If I had to make a bet right, if I had to make a bet right now, I would make the bet that Jaron Williams is the quarterback in 2019. That's me. That's just if I had to make a bet. But you know, we'll see. Okay. All right. I just, you know, I, I, I just want to make sure that you know we're not putting our quarterback room down. I mean, I think those guys are are great quarterbacks. And I think Nicosi and both Jaron and, and Kate, I think those guys are all working hard. I think they need to be given an opportunity to play. Just like other young quarterback, uh, including the one at uh, Clemson, and uh, you got Justin Fields down there at Georgia, and you had Tua down in Alabama. Those guys were developed. Why are we yeah. not developing quarterbacks and looking for a grad transfer? It don't make any sense. That well, I think, if, yeah, I think if a great if if a, if a great grad transfer that can make you better the minute he steps on campus is available and wants to come, you got to take him. If not, you let Nicosi and Jaron Williams battle it out in the spring and. Let the best man win. Well, we had that same thing at Georgia when Mark Rick brought in uh, Grayson Lambert, a grad transfer. It didn't work out. The guy was terrible from Virginia. So they work out sometimes, sometimes they don't. But at the end of the day, you got to develop your quarterback room. And he didn't do that at Georgia, and that's why he got in trouble at Georgia because he didn't develop his quarterback room. Okay, but there's three grad transfers in the top ten right now, just so you know. So it can work work both ways. Right, right. Okay. That's all right, all I had to say. You all got right, it. Man, thanks. thanks for calling in. All right, final call of the night. Let's go to the 203. You're on King Sport Live. What's wrong? 203, you with us? Yes, who's this? Yeah, I am. It's Bob. What's up, Bob? Talk to us. Take us home. What you got? Okay, real real quick. I think you're, maybe your best show that I've ever heard anyway. I only heard the last uh, two-thirds of it, but I heard um, – uh, Thrill Hill on, and he made some great points. Besides that, a bunch of other guys made some very, very good points. Other than this, uh, I think this one guy that came on probably a little bit too emotional about uh, the racial situation. But any event, I'll come back with just a quick, quick one that I believe no matter what we do as far as an offensive coordinator uh, or recruiting is concerned, if if whoever it is doesn't pay attention to the O-line and whether it's the new O-line coach or 
or recruiting in that area, forgetting about the most important unit on a football team and our foundation there has been more than mediocre. People may call it average. I wish it were average. And uh, I'll let you go on to the next caller. All right, Bob. Hey, thanks for calling in. Thanks for the – I'm glad you enjoy the show. Uh, Let's do it again next week. Right. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. I apologize. I I know there's a few of you that were left on hold that I didn't get to. Um, Let's give it a shot next week. I want to thank uh, everybody that called in. I thought it was a great show. I want to thank Randall Thrill Hill, who uh, came on in our Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment with Bruce Warner. I want to thank Sicilian Oven for once again sponsoring the show this week. Like I said earlier, if you're looking for a place to go eat on your way to the stadium Saturday, uh, try one of their six locations. And you got two of them in reasonable proximity to Hard Rock Stadium. You got the Plantation location at the Fountains in Plantation there off University Drive. And you've got the Aventura location, 205th and Biscayne. Great places to stop on your way to the stadium on Saturday. Uh, big game against Duke. I know it seems sounds kind of crazy to say that, but uh, can't let this losing streak go to three. Beat Duke, get everybody feeling good about the program again, and then try to build on that as you go on the road in consecutive weeks to play Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, neither of which are going to be easy outs. The season could work out okay, or it paid into a total, complete, I mean, a disaster? Is that, I mean, is there another word? You know, you get the idea. This could go in either direction right now. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it goes in the right direction. So we'll be back uh, next Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. I'll see everybody who's at the stadium Saturday at 7. Um, Thanks again for participating and listening, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Good night.